Hey everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Mail Fuzz TV. I am Peter. Joining me is Matt. Hey, what's up? And we've lost a ginger. Where's the ginger gone? I don't know. He's slacking. He's slacking. This yeah, is the third uh, show he's missed in like four. Um, I give him shit. To be fair, he is now in charge of, of work, right? Like, <laughs> His boss everyone quit. Everyone else, yes. <laughs> yeah. Everyone else quit, and they're like, Connor. <laughs> You're in charge now. The power went to his head, and he uh, might be deposed at work uh, because there was an uprising. Yes. Uh, on, the, on the bright side, I mean, because he normally works on Saturdays anyway, and he's just back before we start, but it looks like he's yeah. going to be off on Saturdays for the rest of the year after this, so we'll be back to normal three of us every week starting next week. That, but. That's because they <sighs> revolted, and now he has no job. Yes. That's, that's really why he's off on Saturdays. He's actually <laughs> off every day, but it only affects us on Saturdays now. Uh, so, Carl will be back next week. He'll do his Red uh, Hood for this month next week as well. Um, of course, I don't get to escape my fate because I've got Hawk and Dove to do this week. Uh, but in terms of new comics, what we're talking about is a week five, but it's kind of a meaty week five in terms of big things happening. Because we have Heroes in Crisis issue two, we have Justice League Dark and Wonder Woman, the Witching Hour issue one, which is the end of the story, not to be confused with the dumb naming. Uh, then we have Justice League Aquaman Drowned Earth issue one, which is the start of the Drowned Earth story, kind of. Although I would argue the last yeah. Justice League issue was the start of the story, but whatever. Uh, and then we have the Terrifics Annual number one, uh, we have Batman Secret Fails number one. Matt read Deathstroke Yogi Bear special. Because I, of course I did. And I, I typoed that. I wrote spe- Spec Hole. <laughs> I got an A in there for some reason. Yeah, oh, well. That's a fun word. Yeah. Um, I still not right. I'll fix it later. Um, and then, of course, I have my Hawk and Dove number five, which is my Patreon punishment. I'll explain that when we get to it. But hey, that is the that is the show this week. It's a weird show. Mm-hmm. Also, lack of news still. It's been a very late few weeks of news. Uh, the only thing really going on right now is is Mark Wade being sued and and fighting said lawsuit. Uh, and so, good, so, good go, for him though. Yeah, oh, actually, I, I meant last week to 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 mention his GoFundMe for, for the for the lawsuit expenses. What's yeah, up, Matt? You look distracted. No, sorry. My, you know, I'm I'm gonna be making salsa later, and they didn't have something, and at the grocery store. So my wife was asking if some if something else would work instead. So I had to get get back to her. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I priori. Um, well, minced garlic is better than garlic powder when when you're making. So I have to I have to let her know. Do not buy the garlic powder. Find minced garlic. So. Yeah. First, folks. So, no, so I, I'd forgotten to mention the Mark with uh, GoFundMe last mm-hmm. week. I wanted to just pimp out on the show because um, it's helping with the funds because he's been sued by someone from Diversity in Comics, which is kind of the comic gate and all that, the the, the, mm-hmm. the bigoted side of the, the comic fandom and, and whatnot. Um, I don't want to go too, too deeply into it, uh, but so I was like, oh, I'll need to men- remember and mention that next week. But when I checked the GoFundMe yesterday, it surpassed its $75,000 goal. So you can still go and uh, uh, contribute to it because uh, they said that any expenses left over will be given to um, uh, anti-harassment and anti-hate funds of you know some appropriate kind. Um, but the, the the goal was reached. But you know, um, and which makes me proud as a comic fan that that people came together and just killed it. Yeah, you know. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. Ethan Van Skyver started a counter GoFundMe for the opposition. 
Um, I, I didn't check to see how well that was doing, though. That stuff never works out, so that always cracks me up. So, um, because because it's always that vote with your dollar thing, and while they are the loudest people on the internet, it just seems like they can't organize as as well. So it makes me makes me proud that Mark Wade's overfunded. Um, uh, I don't check Van Skyver's, yeah. but it makes me sad because since he's become such a clown version of himself mm-hmm. in the last year and a half, I had to take down my my. Green Lantern Rebirth poster um, that he did the art for. I'm probably going to have to get rid of it now. Um, which, yeah. yeah. Which, which is a shame because I love that image. I'd say but... it's more than a year and a half. I think you've only just been become aware of it in the last little yeah, while that's... because th- th- that man did put out an art book, I think it was, uh, called mm-hmm. My Struggle, which if you're not, not familiar with that is, that is the English translation of Mein Kampf, which was the book that Hitler oh, wrote. Geez. So just, you know... Take from that what you will. And... So I don't know if it's worse that he's just trying to be edgy for the sake of being edgy, or if he really believes like that was a good idea. Unironically, I don't know what's worse. But oh, I, I think believe it, it's worse. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, like as annoying as someone being edgy for the sake of being edgy is, there's no way that's worse than someone actually being that. Well, yeah, I'm hateful. not accusing him, you know, slander, libel, all, all of that, you know, but I am saying, like, if he just thought that was a good idea to name his art book that, come on, man. Yeah. Like, so, uh, he, it does make me proud, though, that it seems like DC's not using him anymore. Like, he was doing Green Lantern stuff. Yeah, he, he got then, booted last year or earlier this year. Yeah, I can't remember exactly so, when it was. But, um,. Yeah, so why to mention it? Uh, so you know, you know, don't, don't, we do not tolerate hate on this show. No, except no. except for gingers for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, but yes, uh, so yeah, so yeah, no, no, no real news. I mean, there was some TV stuff. Uh, uh, the Monitor reveal for for the Elseworlds crossover, and apparently cool. Psycho Pirates going to be in the crossover as well. So they're going all out. Feels like a proper crisis. Yeah, uh, what what gets me is that it like they're pulling no punches. Like it looks like a monitor. It does. It looks, you know? it looks very comic accurate in that image. Yeah. So it wasn't like, hey, this is the you know Arrowverse version of a monitor. It was like, oh no, this is. If we're making a Crisis on Infinite Earths movie, this is what the monitor would look like. Yeah, it's kind of funny to me how like. Arrow started that TV universe, but mm-hmm. it kind of feels like everything's gotten away from it. Like we're now, now everything kind of follows more stuff to do with the Flash and Supergirl because they're the ones that actually have all these multiverse things going on, yeah. and that's the stuff that lends to the big crossovers. So Arrow's just kind of tend, tends to be along for the ride, and they kind of try to treat him like the, in the Batman role where he's there because he's the smart one, but he's not. <laughs> right. So he's kind of just laughably there and useless, but you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Do what you do. I'm, yeah, I'm more than okay with it. Like, the fact, like, when that show started and they had, um, was a dead shot that would tattoo his victims' names on him? I was like, oh, come on, man. You're reaching too far. Yeah, maybe. I can't remember. <laughs> it's yeah, been, it's been, been too long. It's been too uh, while. But the fact that we're, like, getting a comics accurate monitor is super cool. Yeah. At least visually. I mean, who knows what the characterization yeah. will be like, but visually yeah, yeah, yeah. it looks, looks uh, on point. So, 
So no, uh, yeah, crossover looks fun and crazy. Maybe a bit of a mess, but I mean sometimes mm-hmm. that could be fun too, depending. So no, it's uh, it's interesting stuff. So no, I mean there wasn't really any news. It was kind of kind of light, kind of mm-hmm. light. Um, I don't really have any anecdotal stuff that I want to bring up either. I've though usually I have like a little thing. Of, oh, let's talk about this for a minute because <laughs> things happened of, of interest. Yeah, but I got nothing. Me neither. I'm I'm trying to think and Matt, Matt hung a photo behind him. That that was that I was did. The... I needed that wall was too bare, so I I hung some stuff. Still don't know what I'm gonna do on this the side. Um, but yeah, Cre- creating match backdrops been going to be an ongoing project for the next mm-hmm. three months probably. So yeah, most likely. Could, could just paint the wall and be done with it. Just be like, nah, just, I'll just paint it blue again. Try and recreate the old room as best as possible. See, that was a thing since it was my dad's house that we lived in at the last one. He just had that done. Now, if I have to do it, like, <laughs> kind of don't want to. It's one of those things. Oh, I, I hate I, I hate decorating as well, Matt. You don't have to explain yeah. this to me. I hate well, it. I don't mind the decorating, but, like, painting, I don't want to have to paint. Like, you know. Painting's a know. pretty large part of decorating, Matt. <laughs> well, to me, decorating is just placing things. You know what I mean? Like, oh, like downstairs, sure. we, we got it looking like our old living room. I, I hung my posters and, you know, um, we have the, the hallway down the stairs. has all the movie posters on it now. Um, so, and then downstairs, all our movie stuff. And, uh, yeah, I got I to gotta find two old film reels that I can put with my clapperboard <laughs> to, to really drive that home. So, to me, that's what decorating is. It's not so much just painting and hanging pictures it's creating a theme yeah they're they're, they're both i just when someone says they're going to decorate i usually assume it means they're going to paint and actually do do worky things as opposed to just moving things around i have a clapperboard as well funnily enough is it behind me can i grab it well mine mine's just from universal studios um and it's just a decoration really so i'm sure yours is like you've actually used it for filming and whatnot. It's really dusty though. It's been sitting collecting yeah. fluff for years at this point. Yeah. But. Yeah. Does yours have the marker board or the chalkboard? Yeah, chalk. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. So yours is more traditional looking I, than I thought. I, I would. I would prefer a, a a a pen board, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so. Uh, yeah. Oh, the hinges gotten kind of stuff. It's, there we go. <laughs> That was probably real yeah, see, life. that's mine. I just stiffened mine so I could hang it on the wall and put it like it's going. But mine's like from Universal Studios, and I want to put Spielberg's name on it. But uh, I don't know. Well, we'll see. And the audio people didn't get to see it. They just got to hear a stupid loud noise at one point. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, but by the way, it was Halloween this past week. Mm. And uh, I didn't have a costume ready to go since since the move. Usually I try to dress as a wrestler, but I've been running out of wrestlers to be. Um, so I, I just opted to wear a, a vacation shirt, like a loud Hawaiian shirt, and my Jurassic Park hat. And I had a kid come up and ask me if I was supposed to be Steven Spielberg. So I just went with it. Uh, that was probably the best compliment anyone could have ever given me. <laughs> Yeah. Oh dear. Um, 
Uh, I really, uh, me and Connor recorded a bunch of stuff on Halloween this year. I didn't really have time to do anything specifically. For, so, so what was your final tally for your horror movies? Oh, it was in- terrible. It was like ten or something like that. It was not good. Really? It was wow. Good. It was yeah, a bit. I had. Joe, it was. You, you would think. You would think having you and Connor both been missing for a while would mean that I'd have more time to just do random stuff. But the thing is, is because I had Hunting a Hill House on Netflix to review. And I was doing that. Ah. I was doing that daily for like you know a week and a half or whatever it was. Um, that basically once that started, I'd stop watching movies. And then once that finished, me and Connor were catching up because he was back from vacation. And then once we got to that point, then Sabrina and other stuff started. It was just I don't know. It was just a busy time. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I only got in like five four movies this October. Which after last year, last year I tried to participate in Octoberthon. Mm. Oh, I really went for it. Uh, watched stuff like uh, New Year's Evil and whatnot. <laughs> this year it was mostly rewatches in the new Halloween movie. I'm so, evil. It, it is underrated entertaining, that New Year's <laughs> Evil. I yeah, love New Year's Evil. It's great. Yeah. It, now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's good, but it's entertaining. So. Yeah. Oh sure, yeah. It's 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 it's, uh, it's definitely a, a eighties B movie yeah. slasher. That that's what it is. But yeah. uh, it's, it's enjoyable. It was enjoyable. Uh, nah, I tried to get my wife to watch Jason X on Halloween, and she wasn't going for it because she knows that's Jason in space, and she's like, "I don't want to watch that. That's not scary. That's stupid." And I got very upset because Jason X is not stupid. Jason X is fun. Oh, I mean, she's not wrong. It's stupid. It's just good stupid. Yeah, but the way that she's saying stupid, she was like, eh, it's a waste of time. So we ended up watching The Skeleton Key instead, which, uh, don't get me wrong, uh, oh, I love Kate Hudson. That movie is not that good. Oh, no, that, that that's like a, I don't know if Sony actually made it, but that looks like a Sony-made horror movie. Yeah, so it was yeah, not good. Uh, the twist, yeah, but... Yeah, I fell asleep during it and was woken up by trick-or-treaters. We had two. Yeah. At the new house, two trick-or-treaters. What, what was funny, actually, is uh, normally uh, October, a lot of my horror watching will be for streams after midnight with Tim, but because mm-hmm. he was getting married in October, we pre-recorded all of most of our episodes before right. the month. So none of those even counted. Uh, I had We had a few episodes at the end. We had the new Halloween, we had a few of the Patreon vote winners, and that was it. Wow. There we are. It's a shame. I know. It was a light month. Shitty, shitty October for horror movie watching. But, but, but our, our good friend Dan, he picked up the slack for everybody, I think. And, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, he he was watching a ton. Uh, and Timmy, t- do you know what? Tim, Tim is, I don't know how he, Tim always complains that he doesn't have enough time for things, right? Yeah. And at the end of the month, he says, oh, I only watched 40 something horror movies this month. 40 something. You yeah. got married this month, Tim. How the hell did you have time for 40 horror movies? To, to be fair, he got married at the beginning of the month. So that left him, you know, <laughs> another 25 days to watch 40 movies. Uh, still, still doesn't make sense. But, yeah. But he, he got married and he's, he's living at his in-laws just now while they're setting the, the, the new house up, the new right? House, yeah. So I'm like, you know, he's got a lot of stuff going on. How does he have time for 40 horror movies? I don't know. I, I barely had time for the new Halloween. Getting out to the theater. I haven't seen First Man yet. Um, oh. I, I need to do that before the rest of them start. And oh. I try to make my wife watch Creed. She does not want to watch Creed, and it's making me very angry. 
So. We'll put on Creep then when she's not prepared for it. Oh, no, no, we've already, we've already watched Creep. Oh, have you? Okay. Yeah, but I, I want her to watch Creed so she can go with me to see Creed 2, you know? Mm-hmm. But and she's not I'm like, it. Tessa Thompson's in it. You love Tessa Thompson. She's like, yeah, and Thor. And I'm just like, ah, oh, she's learned. <laughs> she doesn't fall for those tricks anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, dear. All right, let's talk about books, shall we? There we go. <laughs> So, yeah, we'll start with the biggie. We'll start with Heroes in Crisis issue 2. Tom King yeah. writing, Clay Mann writing uh, on art. And um, much controversy this book. It seems like every issue that comes out of this is going to be a pissing contest on the internet to, to either praise or complain about everything that's going on in the book. Um, and a lot of it does come down to really sort of online pissing contests and you know, yeah. just general I'll, snarkiness. I'll just give mine where I am just taking this in as it goes. I'm trying to just be zen about it because we all know I can overreact and I do overreact. Yes. Right. I liked what was in this book, but I don't know how I feel about the story. If that makes any sense. I think it kind of does. I'm... So like the testimonials from Batman, Wonder Woman and Superman, mm-hmm. I thought were great. The overall plot of Booster and Harley and who done it and who's actually dead and who mm. might not be dead and I don't know what to think on that yet. It's only two issues. Yeah. And I feel like we haven't been given a lot to chew on. Here's so I think it's a really well crafted comic book. I I feel like mm-hmm. it feels epic in scope. It feels like a big event. It feels if and part of that's the art because the art's so good, but just the, yeah. the, the interactions between the Trinity, the, them being at the center of this and, and sorting this stuff out, uh, Barry finding out about Wally because Booster's a bit of an idiot in this book and brings it up yeah. without realizing that he doesn't know. Um, that stuff for me is mostly working, and then the implications of the ending and the stuff mm-hmm. that's going to come from the the, the 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 testimonials is kind of interesting. Uh, because you know, there's a wild loss at the end. Loss is you know in the Daily Planet, and we're doing some spelling jokes, which you can't spell things. Yeah. And apparently, uh, Arsenal's testimonial from Sanctuary has been sent to her. Someone has this footage, uh, mm-hmm. and over the course of the book, we saw both Superman and Batman reveal their identities. You know, Batman takes his cowl off. Superman's talking right. about growing up in the farms, Clark Kent, there's, you know, all these things. Right. So obviously we're getting to these big things. These This is, you know, arguably the, the bigger threat here of not only who killed these people, but who's behind this and who's actually going to reveal potentially who the, who they all are. Not that I expect to actually have Batman and Superman exposed by the end of it. Yeah. Uh, and if, if they are, then that'll be something else that's reversed for sure, because obviously... Yeah. So, so the, the the thing that I really bit into here was the interaction between the Trinity and mm. them them finding out what killed uh, Commander Steel, and that it was because his you know he's impenetrable he's he's basically Colossus from the X Men with his skin so he should be indestructible, but they find a lump in his throat and it looks like a pair of Joker's chattering teeth yeah were shoved down his throat. Which, which would mean, you know, it would point to Harley. So they they get talking about, like, the protocol of if there's any backups that they can check on the, you know, to see who did this. And Batman's like, oh, no, I made sure there's no backups anywhere. And he's like, yeah, but you're Batman. Like, we know that's not true. He's like, I bet you have kryptonite in your bat belt, mm-hmm. which is a nice joke about the bat belt there. 
right? Well, and yeah. Batman's like, no, why would I do that? Well, later, they, you know, Harley comes a calling, and and turns out there's Kryptonite in his bat belt. So, so well, yeah, because because she has the lasso on him. She she's stolen yeah. Wonder Woman's lasso, and she has him, and. You know, she says, if you got anything in your belt that would, you know, help, you know, you got kryptonite to help, you know, deal with Superman, because right. you can't fight Superman, obviously. And right. Superman says, no, he doesn't. And then he just says, I have kryptonite in my belt. <laughs> yep. and I'm not going to lie, that made me laugh. That was a funny payoff yep. to, to the earlier scene. Well, uh, but it also tells me that Batman's not being on the up and up. So I'm sure, I, I'm sure he's lying about there not being backups. You know? Yeah, I mean, you could like, you could read it like that. I mean, admittedly though, I'm I'm inclined to kind of believe him just based on the fact that he, because when he says that he's been to sanctuary himself and we see him mm-hmm. take off his cowl, I'm like, yeah. he would have a reason to not keep any of this. Yeah, but I don't know, man. He's Batman. I mean, he, he is. He, but you know, he brought you know. I, I think did they bring up Tower Babel? Was that in a in a a piece that I read. Yeah, it wasn't but, it wasn't in this no. Okay, yeah, but I mean this is the guy that took down the rest of the Justice League with well Roz brought him down. Well here's plan. the thing though, the Kryptonite thing he wasn't hurting anything by lying about that. I don't feel that Batman would actually impede the investigation with the other two Trinity members um and lie about having because if it existed he would want to look at it, right? He would want to solve the crime. This was what he does. Yeah, I don't know man. He's He's super shifty, and I felt like there was more to that than just a laugh. I feel because especially after Mister Miracle, I feel like King, he's he's not one of these that writers that just adds fluff. There, like everything has a meaning. I feel so. Well, we'll oh, see. If that I mean, off. yeah, but I think it can have a meaning without it meaning that. Is is what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, maybe, and that this is what I mean. Where I don't know about the story because there's so much up in the air. Like, I feel like he hasn't given us enough, like I said earlier, to to grab onto. Like, we're two issues in, you know, and it's, it's slow moving and that's okay. Like, I'm not I'm not complaining about that. But uh, one big thing I had a problem with is they say that Poison Ivy died, but it, it's off screen. And as a Poison Ivy fan, or it's off panel, uh, that, that upsets me. Like... Well, yeah, but yeah, it comes back to everyone being upset about Wally. <laughs> <laughs> really yeah but difference. at least wally we saw his body you know that's not much of a difference matt i think it is it's not much of a difference this is this is boiling I'm, down to oh i should be more upset because uh, ivy was even more hard by well i'm not saying more upset or not like, yeah. Yeah, i'm not trying to get into that pissing contest but for a character that he spent so much time with in in that batman arc to just willy-nilly kill her off panel I hope there's more payoff. And that, that's that's my point is before I'm going to jump to my gun or jump the line, whatever you want to say, uh, I want to see how the rest of this plays out. It's only two issues in. but For for, for me, adding to the less Poison Ivy of who's dead is just further confirmation that this isn't sticking. Yeah. I, I don't believe for a second be. that Wally West, Poison Ivy, and Roy Harper are all staying dead at the end of this. I, I just think maybe King has a thing against Ginger's. That's a good point. All three of them are ginger. Huh? <laughs> I mean, Commander Steel and so on, aren't, as far as I know. No. But still, but yeah, it's amusing. So, well, man, I definitely feel like Arsenal is for sure because we've seen that repercussion in two other books. I don't know. You know, um, I, th- I think you could um, <laughs> you could just rename this book Ginger Side. Ginger Side. 
Uh, oh, that's pretty funny. My anyway, favorite post-hardcore band, so, Ginger Side. Yeah, I. Now, I'm, I'm digging the way it's been told so far. I, I, there is this kind of weird feeling over it, though, because of the, all the deaths and because you're kind of feeling like, I, I don't believe this is sticking. And obviously, some people are flying off the handle and assuming that it's sticking yeah. and are, are pissed about it. And I just can't jump to those conclusions because I just, I, yeah. it just doesn't feel like it. It just doesn't feel like, oh, this is permanent. And yeah. I, I, I know people like to compare the they like to show the image from Rebirth where Wally's back and now it's, there's the image of Wally being dead like two years later. And I get the irony there, I do, but I, I just, yeah. don't, I don't believe that he's gone for good. I just don't feel it yet. Um, yeah. And again, maybe that's the I, aisle. I, don't, I, don't. I did, I did love Booster though and his reasoning to going and getting Barry is because he's a police scientist and he's good at dead bodies, but he doesn't think like this would affect him mentally in any way. He's just like, oh, let's go get Barry. He's got a dead body. He'll know who killed Wally. Yeah. Um, but it felt like classic Booster Gold. Uh, so, but yeah, I feel like there's going to be some timey-wimey elements towards the end now because they're really leaning heavy into Booster and maybe if he's the killer, you know, what, you know, what made him snap to kill all the people and if that's fixable, you know, if, and if maybe time travel is, you know, yeah, exacerbated. I'll it, be honest, you know, at this point, I'm expecting neither Booster or Harley to be the killer. Me too. I, I don't Me really too. think it's either of them. I think they've both got the same whammy on them that's confusing mm-hmm. them or whatever. Um, I, um, I did like the confessionals, but I want to go back to them for a bit because I, yeah. I like this idea that, that, that they feel very meta, especially Batman and Superman's, where it feels like they're having yep. conversations to, with themselves that we as fans often kind of have and talk about. Mm-hmm. The idea that Batman's kind of admitting, hey, all these kids that I've trained to help fight, they've all kind of ended up dead in one way or another. And, you know, it's Which like a moment of... We pointed admission. out on the show a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. You know? And it's this moment of reflection. And then Clark has the moment where he's like, you know, am I Clark or am I Superman? And, you know, that's a debate I've had many a time. And I, I always come back to he's farm boy Clark. He's, he's not Clark Kent at yeah. Daily Planet. He's not Superman. He's farm boy Clark. And both of those are an extension of that. Um, but I like how King put it where it's... I, I put on... I was Clark Kent and then I became Superman. But then I became... Clark Kent to hide being Superman. Yeah. And it created like this Russian nesting doll of who is Clark Kent. And I never saw it really put that way before. Yeah. Like, I, in that yeah. it would like, we know it from his, the different versions and whatnot, but him having like him having an identity crisis about it. Yeah. Like, well, what, who what really am I? What I point out though is, is the way I just phrased it there about who the real Clark is. That's not me critiquing the way King said it here. I actually no. think the way King said it here agrees with what I say. <laughs> it's yeah. just, um, that's how I usually phrase it. The way he's phrased it is that Clark became a different thing when Superman yeah. became a thing because it had to be yeah. enough different to, you know, for, for the reasons. Right. Uh, and I think as you said, it, it's, it's Clark at home on the farm. Yeah. It's who he is. Or, or another know? way to put it is that they're all him. There's, there's no, right. you know, you, you can't take well, one that's... away. One's not fake. They're all part of him. Yeah. Yeah, which is it was always funny is, you know, in in Christianity of the the Trinity there, yeah, and they're as as it's been explained to me, they're all one and the same, and that's kind of with with Clark Superman and and Daily Planet Clark, is they all are one and the same, and they create one greater thing, so I, I feel like um, King drawing inspiration from that, but I really liked it. The one that confused me was. Was Wonder Woman's? 
Like, what the hell's going on in Hippolyta's bedroom <laughs> at night? Or kinky, dangerous sex games? That's what's happening. Yeah, is that what that was supposed to be? No, I don't think it actually was meant to be kinky. <laughs> I think it was. Okay. <laughs> but like, yeah, oof. I mean, because one of them was whole thing was the idea that she 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 went and bit her lip, right? And and the last which that's that's how he phrases it. She bit her lip and just kind of held it in. And Sanctuary's her finally sort of like going for help. But then she kind of backs off at the end and says, no, you know what? Other people need help more than I do, so I'll just keep biting my lip. Um, it's fine. Which is kind of, kind of speaks to her character. But cool. um, Well, and that's also like a, a good thing on mental health is like you just can't... It, like that, that boils down to it's okay to not be okay. And she still feels like it's not okay to not be okay. Yeah, well, I, I think that's the point of these three confessionals yeah. from the Trinity is that all three of them are kind of bringing up what their deal is what their trauma is right. that that's weighing right. on them and right. uh, i think setting up is quite neat I, I think i like this issue more than the first one actually uh well yeah i like i like how it, it dug deep and we didn't necessarily have that you're thrown into the deep end trying to piece things together this is okay well the story is going and king can shift gears to do these testimonials yeah, and also at the end of the book, setting up the threat of the, their identities being leaked, and not only that, the confessions, because, hell, even one of the things that Clark says is, uh, you know, if the world knew that, you know, Superman doubted himself, that would, you know, that would be tragic, that, you know, people wouldn't believe in him right. the same way anymore. So, not only would people know he's Clark Kent, they, they would stop seeing him as Superman, as, as the, yeah. as the you know, the impenetrable, you know, hope and truth and justice right. and all, all the rest of it, the symbol um you know which so uh, there's some interesting stuff there and then of course batman's guilt and whatever else but um so i think as always with king the emotional side and like what he's exploring is is where it's at its best um Mm -hmm. and then the details of the plot are when it kind of shakes up a little bit i know the internet went off its nut this week uh went crazy about Harley being able to like hold her own with uh wonder woman and batman for for the briefest of moment um, and I'm just like, ah, she sucker punched Wonder Woman. She wasn't expecting it, and she had the lasso. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, it wasn't that much of an well, extended also, thing. I look at her; she's a cornered animal, and you never know what a cornered animal is capable of. You know. Yeah. Honestly, so, the, the the only possible thing that I would say that I have a problem with uh, is that if Superman wasn't joking when he said that Harley's better than he is, that Harley's better than right. Batman is, I'd be like, really. <laughs> better than batman i mean i'm not saying that because i'm a batman fan of batman's good i'm just saying yeah. harley's more skilled than batman really i'd be going down yeah, that path I uh, and i do feel like king is writing harley and when we get out of this it's going to be a different version of harley because we've had this new 52 amanda connor palmiati version mm. you know where she's kind of dc's deadpool and i feel we're going to get a more classic harley coming out of this well she's wearing the know, classic suit like, actually i mean she when she goes to yeah Penn, she's wearing that yeah um but I, I like like the one that was in white knight you know that version where where murphy did the cool thing like there was actually two and joker never realized um but i feel like that's the version we're gonna get well, at the one? end of this huh there was two in white knight which one the the original the the doctor okay. Quinzel. So, so you think the, she's going to reform and be more of a sane person? Not necessarily sane, but more of that, you know, Batman animated series version and less of the, the what we've had recently. Oh, so, um, so it's not actually White Knight then, just back to the original? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I okay. mean. But I was bringing up White Knight because there's two different characters when you think about it. Like the original Harley Quinn and then the new 52 one. They do feel like two separate characters. Oh, they are. I don't know if that's interesting, though, to have her go back to, like, classic Harley, because I feel like that maybe just kind of ignores any progress she makes in the story, if she makes any progress at all. But what if if she realizes that whole jokiness and and whatnot wasn't good for her, you know, and whatever reason? Like, it's because of those events she reverts back. It's not not like she was, like, dead serious before. (laughs) Well, no, I'm just saying, like, I think... Where it's going, having her again, I don't think he does anything just willy nilly, you know. So I feel like her being in the classic outfit, you know, I feel like there's a change coming for her when it's all said and done. If I, I mean, I was probably a change coming, but I, I don't know if it's the change that you're hitting that. I, I think her being in the classic outfits maybe more to do with sort of returning to the start of her trauma because even with, with her dialogue in this when she's talking about oh i shouldn't have let someone change me i shouldn't have loved joker i shouldn't have done right. this it's her being reflective so she's kind of going back to her roots and how she, you know what she's thinking about uh, and right. i think it's symbolic that she's back in that i will say well, obviously the art's fantastic it was fantastic in the yeah. first clayman's you know phenomenal uh, i'm digging the title pages where it's like spread across a landscape uh, yeah. that's just two issues in a row it's done that but i uh, one of the touches like with harley she's got her old suit on but she's actually got like a bit of hair sticking out the front of it yeah it's not like perfectly on as, as it used well, to be like she's yeah she's frazzled you yeah know, like uh, i like yeah. that touch i thought it was a really nice touch in the art um no I'm, I'm digging the weightiness of all this and um I, i'm okay with superhero stories t- t- tackling darker subjects and tar- tackling yeah. Tackling, tackling, tackling a more um, mm. macabre story, a more uh, impactful story. If, if, if I mean, obviously, it gets tiring if that's all you ever do. But I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, kind of, I'm into it for the most part so far. I, uh, I'm intrigued to where it's going, and I feel like the dramatic points, the emotional points that are going to be made, are, I'm hoping they're going to be worth the journey. Um, because it feels like he's really poking at the psyche of the Trinity, mm-hmm. and I'm curious yeah. to see where we lead with that, um, and how Booster and Harley kind of fit in from their end when all everything's said and yeah. done. I don't know. I, I know some people hate this, some people despise this book, some people don't like Tom King as a writer, um, and I think yeah. it is very much a, a taste thing. I, I think you're going to love yeah. this or hate it. Um, so, that, that's what I re- realized over the course of, I don't know, maybe doing the show, or just maturing a little bit from where i was mm. but i've realized like it's okay to be subjective just don't be an a-hole about things oh sure yeah right like if you don't like it that's cool because everybody's tastes are different but like to talk down those that like other things you know that's i think i've always had an issue with but now i'm just kind of like where i used to poke the bear at that like someone talking crap about superhero books because they only like indies now I'm just kind of like, well, cool, whatever, man. Like, I'll be over here reading my superhero books, you know? Um, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, I just, just to go back to the original point, I said this a lot in the first issue as well, I don't believe for a second that these characters are staying dead when we're done. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be timey-wimey. Um, if not timey-wimey, then Doomsday Clock's ending like a month later. <laughs> and that might reset things a bit. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I don't know, man. I that's it. This leaves me just always going. I don't know, and it, that's it's not a bad thing. Like, like 
me years ago would be like, well, that no, I don't like that. I want to know things. Um, but now I'm just kind of like, okay, well, what else you got? Give me the next issue, King. I, I think for me, as I'm reading this book, it feels big in scope. It feels big, obviously yeah. in art, but it feels big in scope in terms of idea. It feels ambitious. And I think even if you don't like it, um, and I do like it so far, um, even though I have some concerns about certain things, even if you don't like it, I, I, I would hope that someone appreciates that there is ambition here. Even if you don't like the direction it's going, mm-hmm. I think it's an ambitious uh, idea for a book. And yeah. um, I, I'll always try and appreciate that in, in any medium. You know, I, I, I will always be more enthusiastic about the weird movie, the, the art house movie that someone had a weird idea for and tried to push it. Mm-hmm. And it's unapologetically not commercial at all and didn't try to be this mainstream thing. Um, and to me, this isn't that on mainstream, but it, it doesn't. It feels like it's not pulling a punch in terms of like you know, King's got this vision, he's going to do his thing. Um, right. And I, I felt that a lot in his Batman run, where he'll try different things, and some of it won't always land, and some of it he'll he'll nail this really cool little idea that that, that no one's really mm-hmm. done before. Um, and I kind of appreciate the experimentation for better or worse, even when it doesn't always land. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, um, I, I just want to claim Anne's art. We, we kind of breezed over it, but like yeah. Harley playing Go Fish with a penguin, like <laughs> he gets to draw that. Like that's such a he does he does it so well. And then um, his Lois, I love Clay Man's Lois because he did the, the the date issues, right? Yes, he does. Yeah, uh, yeah. So his Lois, I think, looks so good. And then I love that they've made her color purple. Because she's wearing purple in this. She wore purple in that issue. Her eyes are that purple. I like when they do that. So um, I like that there's almost a continuity between the Tom King, Clayman stuff. Yeah, no, um, art's fantastic. Uh, I really can't fault anything in the art, really. <laughs> it's, it's gorgeous. No. Uh, no. But best art at the end of the episode, I think it's going to be pretty cut and dry. But Yeah. You know, um, not much I can add to that, really. Uh, I will say I, I love uh, the pages of Barry finding out and speeding off. Like his 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 eyes when he when he when he hears the name Wally and then speeds off uh, is, yeah. is a fantastic little moment. Um, so um, I just you know yeah we'll we'll see where it goes. I I I feel, I feel like no one's really has an idea right now of where this is going at the end. And Mm-mm. outside of just expecting it to be reversed in some way, it wouldn't surprise me. If only one or two characters even remember that all this happened by the time it's all said and done. Yeah, but I think that would be a disservice to the ultimate story if it's about trauma and there's no lasting effects of it. That's true. Yeah, that's true. No, I can't argue with that. So, like, like if they can just learn to deal with it still, and they like, well, maybe this was a bad idea. Us trying to do this, we need people uh, outside of us. You know, um, that that'd be cool. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But yeah, I don't want the, it just to get wiped out. Like even if they reverse things, I want this to have a lasting impact on somebody. Yeah. Whether it's Booster or Harley or even Batman or Wonder Woman or Superman. Like yeah. I want this to to leave some kind of mark. Yeah, we should mention the the group that sent Lois the the tape uh, the referred puddlers. to themselves as the, the the puddlers, which was written in the 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 walls in the last yeah. issue. Um. So. Yeah, so we've got the puddlers. I'm, I'm curious to see where this goes. Oh, well, I suppose we should rate Heroes in Crisis then before we move on, issue two. What are you giving it? I I can't remember what I gave the last one, but I think this is... I'm just going to give this one an eight. 
because I did like the I like the, the testimonials and the art. So that was enough to get it to me. But I still I don't know how to feel. Yeah, I don't remember what I gave the last one either. I want to say it was like an eight point five. Okay. Well, you think this one was better, so I do. I don't know if it's better enough to like confidently give it a nine, though. Yeah. So I'll say eight point five because I think that's what I gave oh, yeah. the last one, and I think it's slightly better, <laughs> but not yeah. not a half point better. I guess yeah. I'll say. Yeah. Um, I'm intrigued though. I, I nah, I'm looking forward to the issues. Um, I, I kind of dread them at the same time though, just because of like a well, this be the one where it does something really stupid that I hate, or B, and this is one's more consistent, is, okay, all the internet complaining, I'm going to have to hear, and not even complaining, just, because it's fine if people don't like things, but the disputing, sure. the, 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 the back and forth, the hatred yeah. between groups. That I, yeah, I it's, very, it's very exhausting, and that's why I tend to stay away now. Yeah. I used to jump in there with my, my axe and shield and try to take as many as I can. I just, that's not my life anymore. It's, so... Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, we'll move on then. We'll move on to Justice League Dark and Wonder Woman, The Witching Hour, Issue 1, James mm-hmm. Tyne in the 4th on writing with Fernando Blanco, Miguel Medoncha and Jesus Marino all on the art. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we'll wrap up this crossover before we do the start of the next thing. Uh, <laughs> so, I kind of feel similar to this one that I do about the last few and I think it's, it's pretty decent but not necessarily that standout. I like this one a little bit more than the last couple just because it felt like Tinian knew exactly where he was going. He said he was in a holding pattern mm. uh, the last couple. Um, that said, when, when you do something like this, I expect there to be lasting effects, and I feel like there's not going to be. You know, like he traded out the Parliament of Trees for the Parliament of Flowers. I don't think that's going to stick, <laughs> you know? Like, I, I wish he could. And maybe he can't. Maybe DC has other plans, and this is just part of the storyline. Um, but but I like that. Uh, I liked the story of where Hecate came from. And I, I, she's, you know... I think that was the best part of the book, was the story of where yeah. Hecate came from. Uh, Wonder Woman dives out of the water in the, the upside-down moon, you know, nether realm. <laughs> just, yeah, we'll just call it the upside-down. Yeah. We're um, full god. And she finds like the the two nicer versions of Hecate, the, yeah. you know, the, the, the younger two versions. And, yeah, the maiden and, and the the mother is that the other one? I think so. Yeah, uh, before yeah. the before the crone version, and yeah. like there's still a couple of things that don't quite add up for me a little bit. Um, they don't quite okay. click together. Like, like, so why didn't Hecate just try and take over everything way back when when she first decided to? Was there a reason um, for that before? I can't remember. So I feel like, and I just feel like it was a poison pill, right? Okay. Where, where they had t- kept taking advantage of her. So when she's the maiden, she kind of, her magic is what gives birth to all the pantheons of gods. And what I like here is what they did in, uh, what Jason Aaron did in Thor, that all the gods exist. It's just which ones you choose to believe in that affect you. So her magic gives birth to all of these pantheons of gods, from the Greeks to the Romans to the to the Norse to all of them, right? And 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 through that they start to take advantage of her. So then she starts to appeal, you know, she loses her maidenness and becomes the mother, right? Um, and she tries to appeal to the humans, and then of course the humans take advantage of her magic, and they almost enslave her, 
you know, in that way. So when she becomes the crone, she's this bitter woman that's been taken advantage of too many times. So she decides to turn this magic into a poison pill that'll be their downfall eventually. Just one thing, Matt, are you sure it was the humans who betrayed her? I thought it was the other, the, the gods that betrayed her. Was it? Uh, I heard it was the humans because they had, they had gone on. Because it was, um, let me find it. Da, 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 da. Beyond the gods, they worship. Because um, I thought it was uh, who she was meant to marry who also left her to rot. Well, I thought that's where her maidenship ended, and that's where became she became the mother. And the way I read it, she became the mother to like foster the humans. So she would put out these little pieces of magic to help them along. Um, no, because I think that already happened by that point. Because she sort of became the mother when all these other gods kind of rose up, right? I read this on Wednesday over lunch, so <laughs> I was also reading it quicker than normal because uh, it wasn't my lunch. Yeah. Because um, they kind of they turn on her. Everyone kind of turns on her, and that's kind of what turns her down yeah. this path to becoming the, the, the evil Hecate that we all kind of know. Um, I think one thing that you've glossed over, though, that I think is really worth mentioning is that She's essentially the first being of the universe. Yeah. And then on top of that, the Upside Down Man is her equivalent of the Dark Multiverse. He, he... Right. I said that she's the first being of the universe. She's the first being of the multiverse, right. just to be accurate right. in that. Um, and then she felt something Upside Down, and we see the Upside Down Man there. And I like that because that, that kind of says what the Upside Down Man recognised in Diana that day. Like, what why... Why he got kind of like interested, not not scared. He just got intrigued. He was like, "Oh, that's inside you," because he recognizes it. He because he knows who who that comes from. I think that's interesting. Um, I like that part of it. Right. I'm just I'm just going back to what I read, real quick. Yeah. So it was kind of she was taking that out on everybody, but yeah, the inciting incident that turned her to the crown was, uh, which I liked that Tinian had played with it was from Greek mythology hmm. where they replaced Hecate with Demeter, who is the goddess of nature and, and the seasons and whatnot. Um, and then that's what caused her to, to scream out in agony, which took, put her in touch with the upside down man. And that's through where she decided to let magic destroy them. Yeah. Um, cause she, yeah. cause she, she it's funny. Cause it basically reveals that she has kind of the origin of magic in the first place. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In fact, my favorite page of this book is probably that page of her being created at the start of the multiverse. Mm -hmm. It's such a pretty page um, yeah. of just her and the cosmos, the cloud, you know, the, yeah. the, the cloud and the, the space and the spark mm -hmm. of light. Um, it's a really pretty page. I like that one a lot. Yeah. But um, the the actual resolution just kind of felt like uh, quick to me. I guess you know Diana. Re regains control of her mm -hmm. body um after after of course everyone's trying to kill her because basically the, the yeah. just like dark realized they have to kill her uh and fight her but she kind of wakes right. back up and just kind of um unleashes the, 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 the defeat they defeat her by uh getting zatanna to use her magic which opens the door to the to the netherworld which brings in the mm -hmm. upside down man and the upside down man feasts upon her um so he's still a threat he still exists right. he's still a problem obviously but uh, and I like that resolution. Well, and, and, yeah, and so is Naboo, you know, because we still got to find out why he opened the door to the Upside Down Man, the, the gods of mm. order. 
you know so that that's still out there lingering um yeah i, yeah. I think the issue suffers a little bit from being a bit overstuffed i think tining in this particular issue overwrote it at times uh there's some pages with a lot of boxes with a lot of like magic mumbo jumbo being explained it's a bit over expository for me in places mm -hmm. so it did sag at parts this issue i thought um especially yeah. uh, I, I liked the hecate stuff and i liked how she was defeated ultimately uh but it was a bit quick like i i almost could have had more of a chase when when the upside down man showed up like maybe making more yeah. out of it as opposed to just oh he's he's here one panel and then the next panel he's he's, he's sinking his teeth into her uh and i guess that's supposed to show that he's that you know dangerous it's, it's that quick but right. you know I, uh, well, I do like where it leaves the relationship between Satana and Diana, though, because Diana realizes, like, while she comes from magic and the mystics, she has no understanding of it like Zatanna does. So, like, yes, yeah, she can lead the team, but she's going to need, like, a lieutenant that knows what's going on. Yeah. And so I do like that it got to there because that was always my question of, why is Wonder Woman leading this team? You know, because she doesn't, like, yeah, she deals with, with, like, the gods and whatnot, but it's never been, like, an outright magic book. Um, so here, I like that Tinian kind of put that in, into place, you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, like, I, like, I enjoyed it well enough. I, I think the, the crossover as a whole felt a bit too long for what it was but also over expository <laughs> that could have used more time to like read those ideas a little bit yeah like uh, i feel like we could have gotten another two issues instead of this one big one like a whole issue of hecate's origin i would have been adverse to that yeah i, I would have taken a i would have condensed two of the previous issues into one and then given us a full issue yeah. of the the backstory that, that would have maybe been a yeah. better idea um so I, I think managing the the distribution of information was a bit weird it felt a bit almost snidery in that respect it was just too much yeah which, at me which does make sense that Tidian is a disciple of Snyder. But he's not usually as bad as Snyder, though. You know? No, no, no. But you can see him falling into that, you know. Yeah. You know, I don't say a crutch, but, like, that's his parachute, if you will. You know, like, oh, I got to get out of this. How am I going to do it? Oh, I'm going to add exposition. Yeah. Uh, which I know annoys most people. I don't mind it as much, except when I'm trying to read this over lunch and I have a limited time. Um, yeah, and I'm and I'm rushing and I miss things. So the final reveal of the book is that Cersei is the final of the five that had witch marked. The witch marked, yeah, and yeah. she because the others is kind of gently the one because the other four have given up the power. <laughs> all all of it's went to her, and now she has the the power of Hecate. So Cersei, did you just say like in Jet Li's the one? Yes, that might be the first time that's been brought up. On the show. On the show, for sure. Uh, in history, probably not. <laughs> no, but just... Yeah, okay. I just want to make sure that's what I heard. Well, yeah, because the plot of that movie is that he's killing all the other versions yeah. of himself, and every time he does it, he gets universe. stronger. So I'm just, right. just kind of like that. It's like not dying, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's similar. Also, also Highlander. You, you could have gone with Highlander. Um, I could have. <laughs> I mean, but this this plays the multiverse. Anyways, I just didn't want that, that to be lost to, to yes. either. So. But she, so she's going to be a big threat in the in Justice League Dark yeah. going forward. Which, that, that's clear. Which I like because now she is kind of Cersei's the de facto goddess of magic. Mm. Yeah. 
So I mean, we knew she was up to something. We said that as soon as she was helping. Really, oh no, she's up to something. She's she's got an agenda here. Something's going on. Um, and that that seems to be what it what it is. So now she's you know the most powerful being in the goddamn planet. <laughs> so we'll we'll see how yeah, that shapes up. When it comes to the upside down man, I like knowing that Cersei can can fight him if necessary because she's willing. Mm. You know, I feel like she's willing to fight dirty. If, oh, if necessary, yeah. I, I expect so. so. Um, I like some of the destruction pages early on when, like, you know, Nana Perbet's just like crumbling. Yeah, he comes to the necropolis. Yeah, new, which I thought was pretty cool. New buildings are forming and, and all the rest of it. Uh, that stuff was, was pretty cool. Yeah, um, I, I definitely feel like this is the rebirth day of judgment where we destroyed magic to replace it with something different for the sake of. Mm. I don't want to say for the sake of change, that makes sound too willy nilly, but like. Magic in, in the DCU has gotten stale because no one's been using it. Tidian comes in and is like, well, these are the new rules. Kind of like Chons did with Day of Judgment. So um, I like where that left off because we have Rama Tut staying with Madame Xanadu in London. Uh, you know, because she was separated uh, into the different monks. So they're all going to be staying there. So it, it adds these little pieces. And I like that we can kind of see, unlike Heroes in Crisis where... We have no idea where it's going. Here, I can kind of see different things. Tinian is seeding, even if he doesn't get to them himself. Yeah, I, I do think Heroes in Crisis though is a much more um, impressive read as I'm as I'm going through it though, in terms of actually. Yeah, I just mean in the seeding of story how we oh, sure. don't know what's coming. It was just the only reason I bring it up. Not that they're they're not similar in any way other than being comic yeah. books that in the dc universe i just we had just reviewed that and that was our one of the one of the takeaways yeah the reason why i said that's because i read this right after i read heroes in crisis right and heroes in crisis like felt really deliberately paced it felt like it was moving a yeah. very steady kind of kind of uh well it, it's much better crafted it's much sure. better crafted yeah whereas that, that's felt a bit more yeah. expo- expository and a bit clunky in, in places yeah. um but enjoyable for the most part like i'm, I'm yeah, not I, I don't rag on it i liked what i read i like where this left us you know i like that's it, it, though. it definitely what's that I, I will i will say that, that this crossover is definitely my least favorite part of just League dark so far though i prefer the three issues we got before the crossover i think are better mm-hmm. than this this crossover yeah and i think i think that's a good i don't say a good sign but that is a sign of going forward like we're, we're gonna get away from this and we're gonna we're gonna see what's going on um but yeah no I, a lot of fun i i liked what i read even as messy as it was i did enjoy the places that it went so i'm looking forward to more justice League dark yeah. Uh, all right. That's right. That's right. Just leave dark then. What are you, what are you giving it? Uh, seven point five. Yeah, we're going to go straight seven. Um, I, I feel like that's kind of how I feel about the 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 crossover as a whole. It's like a seven, pretty much, overall. Yeah, so. That's fair. That's um, fair. Yeah, but uh, also starting this week. I say kind of starting this week because I would say that the last Justice League issue was really the start of it, but. Uh, yeah. this, this is Justice League Aquaman Drowned Earth issue one. James Tynan the fourth again writing this. He's done all the big books this week. Uh, and Howard, a machine. Howard Porter's on the art, and this is diving straight in, which is why I think it's weird to say this is the start of the story. I'm sure the trade will start with you know the last issue of Justice League, but yeah, this is you know the world's in chaos. The waters are flooding you know the major cities at the coast, 
and we have the the Justice League, what's left of them, trying to save the the people around the cities. Gotham's in disarray. Even Gordon, you know, has his moment where he gets thrown into the water. Oh, that was tragic. I did feel like Tinian had me there, where Bruce is like, "No, I, I need you, Jim. Like, I need a leader on the ground preventing mm. this." And then he gets taken, and then when he lunges at Batman and it's a hologram, it got me. Because I was like, wait, last time we saw him, he was holed up in the, the Hall of mm-hmm. Justice in a, in a body cast. What's he doing in Gotham? Uh, uh, and then you find out Miss Martian's uh, using her telepathy because all the comms are down. So she's uh, using the uh, the old powers to, to connect everyone who's around. And so he, he he's trying to coordinate. He's talking to Superman, who's in Metropolis, who has a, a flood wall. Uh, Reminded me of Pacific Rim. Yeah. Which because it was really sad at the end though because it, it, we come back to him later and it's it's, it's it's been you know it's just given in it's you know it's broke right. and this you know Metropolis is flooded and he feels guilty because he he took Lois to the fortress and he's like if I hadn't spent so long doing that could I have done more here right. so we have you have all yeah, these little okay, bits yeah. um, and you have Flash running around doing his thing uh, he seems to be okay just running the water I guess the boots are good enough to not let the water in well yeah because he says that he's only been in contact with it with like whatever science he's figured out point nanoseconds so he's fine um there's that scene where one of the sea gods comes out and has superman and Mm. i thought it was really well paced if it definitely felt like a movie to where he has superman he's clouded his cells so he's cut him off from the sunlight and he's gonna drop him into the water make (laughs) makes good um yeah Actually, yeah, no, the Superman fight with the... Because it's, it's, it's these all these are water gods from other worlds, of course. And they are taking over Earth because their their waters don't exist anymore because Poseidon was a dick. <laughs> and Well, he wasn't a dick. They tried to take over Earth back then. Poseidon locked them up because yeah. they, they tried to take it over. He, he, he pushed but, back. But, um, so one of them's fighting Superman and he clouds all his cells so that he can't, mm-hmm. you know, make any contact with the sun. And Superman is basically dying in his his hand. He's just kind of like yeah. shivering up and going away. And Flash has to catch him and rescue him before Oof. he hits the water. Yeah, that's what so, I want to get to. When he catches, I fist pumped. Yeah, that was that was, was a great like, moment. Yeah. I also like earlier on when Flash is running around various cities, and in every yeah. panel in a different city around the world, there's like different. Te- there's a, some of the Teen yeah. Titans are one panel. Some of the you know Adam Strange is in one. Uh, Bard and Mister Miracle are in one. In L.A., which I like, if they're gonna be our L.A. representatives, that's that's cool. Um, you know? I did question though because Donna Troy was in one of them, and given that the whole t- Titans yeah. team was there, no, it wasn't because like, the rest of the Titans. Uh, actually, no, because Garth was there. No, that's a good point. Garth was with the yeah. team in the Titans book. Yeah, but the other ones weren't on the team anymore because it was uh, in the background of that it? panel. It was someone else who wasn't on the team because I, I, I remember yeah. thinking, now they're okay because they're not on the team anymore. I'm sure I thought that. Maybe I'm misremembering. Hold on. Because I saw that and I was like, okay, continuity. Like, Yeah, that feels like a slip because the book even references Titans later on when Batman sends Miss Martian oh, yeah. back to her team. Yeah, no, it is, it's Karth, Beast Boy, Troy, and Raven. Like, it's straight up the team that's lost. Yeah, minus that's weird. The newbies. That is weird, yeah. yeah. That felt weird to me, but yeah, whatever. It's, but, it's a minor but, quibble, but it's whatever. Yeah, but we got to see the Ray and we see Keenan. Um, yeah, we do. Yeah, Simon. Simon's in London helping out there with, with Green Lantern powers. Like, no, yeah? ju- I, no. I, I I want to say I really like this. Actually, I, I thought it was a lot more fun than Witch Hour uh, this week. 
uh, either blast. It felt big. It felt goofy. Uh, Howard Porter's art's very pulpy and. Um, it's funny. I'm so used to him doing Flash that it was kind of weird to first see him do all these other characters. But his his Superman looks a little bit weird, not in a bad way. Just like, well, that's a different take. Yeah, because he's very angular. So it's got so, a, yeah. it's got a style for sure. I think it really benefits the uh, the flooded cities though. His style. Yeah, they look really does. good. Uh, as does Atlantis, and you know Mira's got arm, and they're doing their thing, um, and that's all going it's on. Like, I. Orem has grown on me as one of my favorite a-holes in comics. Like, he's up there with, with Guy Gardner now. So he's like, look, I'm going to go become a water monster, and I'm putting all my trust in you. You better figure this out. And uh, then he just jumps in. Uh, I really like the page where Superman does the uh, the Hulk clap. Uh, yeah. Because, uh, uh, you know, where, where the source of the, the flood's coming from. And obviously we have different uh, these different sea gods. One's with Aquaman, of course. Aquaman's held captive and Black Manta shows up and the big I think the big plot point from the issue that we really need to talk about is that the sea god takes Aquaman's powers away from him and gives them to Aquaman or gives them sorry gives them to Black Manta uh that sentence made no sense <laughs> but you know what I mean I, I know what you're saying yeah uh, she takes Aquaman's powers and gives them to Black Manta and he's like wait you had all this power inside you all the time and you used it to talk to fish implying that his connection to the ocean is actually much deeper than that but Aquaman never understood right. it uh, right. as well as they thought he did well, uh, which makes me think that Black Manta is not going to be able to understand it as well because he's so driven by vengeance he certainly you know? thinks he will <laughs> at yeah, this point but, but we'll we, see <laughs> we've seen yeah we've seen how that's ended up for him in the past but um, but yeah uh, and we also get the so what Worm and Mera were after is the where's the the MacGuffin the just call it what it is yeah. the MacGuffin it's the MacGuffin, but there's a name of it because it, it the, cr- uh, the crown, uh, the tear of extinction. That's what it was. Yeah. It's on the Arian's uh, crown. It's on that. Yeah, but that, isn't that what they touched on with Cheetah? Isn't that so sort of killed Poseidon? Was the the tear of extinction? Uh yeah, you might be right. Sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I is the crown of Arian the the thing that's going to counteract that? Is that what's going to give Poseidon? the power, you know, back? Is that... I don't know. Um, maybe. It would surprise me if Aquaman ends up wielding the power of Poseidon yeah. at the end of this just to, to win the yeah. to win the day. Um, I, yeah, so, so, so there's multiple of these sea gods. One's fighting uh, Mira and Orm and, and Atlantis. You know, one's with Superman with a Kraken, might I say. There's the Flood, which is a Kraken. I remember yeah, the Kraken. Which is a family. weapon from one of these planets. Like, he's trained them. It reminded me of Jurek Biss from... Uh, the Aquaman series, yeah, where he wields these krakens, and this is just one of them. Could you imagine what multiple could have done? Yeah, no, it's 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 really cool. this feels really big and blockbustery in a, in, a, in a lot of fun ways, and uh, even the cliffhanger. But after, because the big plot point at the end is really uh, Black Man to get Aquaman's powers, and that's a big deal. But then it comes to just you know these random fishmon, you know, men who are part of the villains, and they're like pirates. And when I was looking at a telescope, I was like, I see something in the distance. Something's coming towards yeah. us. And then you see like a glimpse of a shield. You see a glimpse of this and that. And it's like Wonder Woman. She's like, okay, where is that? Because I'm like, oh yeah, we've not seen her all issue. Yeah, <laughs> she's been missing. So she shows up looking like a badass. Helps coming, you know. And how how yeah. is Cheetah going to fit into this? I feel like she might. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, remember, she gets her powers from a dark god as well, from Erskatega. So I wonder if that's going to affect anything. You know, yeah, maybe right. that's why she took the, the tear, is to go kill him. And that's what she's doing. 
I wonder if the lasso protects her from the uh, the water turning her into mm-hmm. something because it'll because you know, it'll, it'll keep her true if that makes sense. Right. No, no, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. I can see that. We'll see. Thing. Yeah. Um. I thought this was really big and bombastic and fun in yeah. all the ways that I I uh, like. You know, yeah, sure. The idea that the world's all turning into fish monsters is really silly, but I'm kind of having a blast with this one in, in a way that I think uh, the the witch, you know, were never quite hit for me. Makes sense. This is a little more concise mm. than I think Witching Hour was, because um, even even through that first issue of Justice League, in this it it feels more narrow and focused than Witching Hour did through the two. Which so. is strange because you've got all these League members doing all these things all over the planet, but it it feels a a bit more uh, focused and succinct to me. Um, yeah. and, and natural but now I, I like the art a lot the art's very stylized it may not be to everyone's taste but I, I yeah. actually really liked how sort of bulky and cartoony kind of everything felt it, it takes a little bit to get used to but once you are it feels right yeah like, I don't know because his, his action scenes come together right like you know oh the action scenes are fantastic Superman fighting that Kraken was uh, yep. was great ba- cool. Barry accidentally running into the Kraken's mouth also yeah. uh, gold moment so yeah. I no, I'm super into this. I'm, I'm looking forward to the next. Uh, I, I think the next part is next week, but there's a week off after that, yeah. I think. Uh, but I'm, yeah. I'm 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 digging around there so far. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't really have anything yeah. I would even complain about. I don't think. No, I just the 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 names of the the sea god characters are a little on the nose. Oh sure, yeah. You know they're like Tide and Dreadnought and these very. Earth names, which I guess that's fine with translation and whatnot. Yeah, but, Do you know, I, I wish yeah. they... They're alright. Uh, they're, they're serving their plot purposes very well. I wish each one of them was a little bit more interesting on their own, just so I could remember who they were a bit more clearly. Whereas right now, I was okay, yeah. there's, there's the woman one who's with Arthur, there's the big bearded one in Atlantis, and then there's the one fighting Superman. And that's that's yeah. basically my, my distinctions right now between mm-hmm. them. But um, I'm I almost wish these were the Dark Gods. You know that were teased at the end of, of No Justice. Then, oh sure, then, yeah. You know, so. Yeah, no, Robinson did that story. That was in Wonder Woman. Yeah, I know. I try not to think about it. But yeah, we we had that. So mm-hmm. I no, I'm I'm digging this a lot. Uh, Drowned Earth was exactly the a little bit dumb, but in in the best kind of way. Uh, big kind of blockbuster story, and. Uh, most of the main characters who are still around, obviously Jean and Hawkwoman or Hawk Girl, sorry, uh, and Green Latin are off, off or John specifically are off Earth. But um, I really uh, dug everyone's sort of inclusion in this. I think they all had some big moments. Obviously Aquaman's at the focus, but mm-hmm. um, they all had their thing. Uh, and even like Batman staying behind with the the Hall of Justice uh, when McGann's like pleading with them not to stay uh, yep. because it's dangerous. Yeah, all that stuff was good. Um, flowed really well. So, what are you giving? Uh, uh, Drowned Earth issue one. That's what it's called. Yeah, this is an eight as well. Uh, yeah, I, I'd give this a solid eight. I, I'd have a lot of fun with this. It's it's not it's not reinventing wheels. It's it's not doing some big great thing. I I do think Black Manta having Aquaman's powers is a really interesting idea for a while. Yeah, uh, I'm sure it'll be obviously reversed by the end of the story or, or whatever. But it's yeah. a really fascinating thing to think about for a little while. Um. And yeah, big krakens and fish monsters and uh, flooded cities. This is good stuff. Um, I'm digging it. I'm digging around the earth. And there you go. We'll move on then to the Terrifics Annual number one, which has three stories in it. It's got a main story by Jean Lun Yang, 
which is cool because I was like, oh, I've not seen him in a while since uh, since New Superman ended. And then we have a story by Mark Russell and we have a story by James Asmus in terms of writing. And then on the art side, we have Joe Bennett, Jose Lewis and Doc Shainer. Uh, So the Mm -hmm. art team across the board is pretty solid there. Hard to fault. And the writing, like... So we all know that Lemire is doing this as as DC's Fantastic Four. Yeah. But I feel like Yang really tapped into what this team can be after all of this Dr. Dread stuff is over. Oh, sure. Because that story might be the most fun I had all week reading comics. Yeah, because I think that the two backups are, are kind of loosely tied into the main story yeah. of the book. Uh, we'll get to them in a minute. Uh, the first story, though, is a plot about plastic man dna that was mixed with like a knockoff t-sphere an s-sphere <laughs> specifically yeah which creates um body cones, snatchers yeah body snatchers essentially it, it, it cocoons people in a plastic man style cocoon and then a clone of that person will be walking around including the the boy the the uh, phantom girls into at the park it's yeah. a halloween party so it's halloween themed as well which by the yeah. way i love that she went as phantom as of the opera phantom of the opera because she's phantom girl that's, that's, that's gold yeah. That's cool. Um, um, and I love that Rex and, and Plastic Man are going back and forth over yeah. transforming into different things, and they ha- and they end up playing Twister to settle their differences. Like but, it just it kept the fun and the silver aginess because this felt like an issue that would have been around like you know the Terrifics Halloween special yeah. or whatever. Which, and I have to say though, like why would you ever agree to play Twister with Plastic Man? He's got an advantage that like. No one can but beat so him. so does Rex. Rex can do all sorts of that stuff too. So, you know, yeah, like other regular people. Plastic Man's still got the advantage in Twister. I, I, See, I feel this is the difference between us. You're a Plastic Man guy. I'm a Metamorpho guy. This is not about like, picking favorites. This is just pure yeah. pure logic. It, it can yeah, sh- but he can stretch too. Rex can do all sorts of stuff with his body because he can transmute into different things. He can transmute, but that doesn't necessarily make him bend over things the way that Plastic Man can. If he transmutes into rubber, why not? I'm just saying. It's a dumb conversation. Anyway, so so Mr. Terrific's all nervous, and we find out it's because he's got the hots for uh, one of the people who works at Stag Industries that's at the party. But she turns out to be a body-snatched person because a real body falls from the, uh, the roof. What I like about it is at the end, when it, the kind of sad point is that both the, the people, the love interest for both Terrific and, and Phantom Girl, yeah. both of them kind of like, yeah, we, they both tried to talk to the real person afterwards, but it wasn't quite the same. It was like, it was like they were actually attracted to the, the well, fake versions more so. Phantom Boy ended up being uh, a copy of uh, Plastic Man's son, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's his son because uh, we don't know that at first, but yeah, plastic when plastic yeah. man sees him, uh, it, yeah. it comes up. Um, and because because it's his DNA, it also retains some of his memories weirdly. And so when you know when the jigs up, they, the 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 copies become like old villains and whatnot that plastic man fought. Yeah, it's, um, it's all plastic man villains. Yeah, that's right. Which was which is really cool, and just the whole T sphere in the putty reminded me of the response meters for the metal men. I don't know if you're familiar with the metal men at all. Oh yeah. Metal but, man, yeah. yeah. But that's what makes them work. So it, it gave it that kind of vibe. Um, like, Hey, you just stick this in this thing and that's what makes it work. Um, uh, but yeah, it, oh man, it's a whole lot of fun. I, I like this. 
this story a lot. I what I didn't like though was was Yang taking a cop out on on uh, what Phantom Girl's real name is. She's like, oh, you wouldn't be able to pronounce it right. <laughs> I'm like, it's just it's just Linya. Like it's not that difficult, you know. But, Wasn't, but, isn't, yeah. isn't Linya short for the full thing though? I think so. But what she well, yeah. when why couldn't she just say my name's Linya? You know, I don't know. But but yeah, no, it felt you know, nice for, for Yang to be writing a team that doesn't have to be serious. It can still tell a nice story. Yeah. It's basically like, just as like a China. <laughs> exactly. And so, so yeah. Um, so if Lemire ever needs to stop, it's terrific. So they need a new writer. I'm fully confident that Yang yeah. can tell these fun stories. Uh, so the second story is about Java. Um, mm-hmm. And about how he's a Neanderthal and how he's been alive for a long time and kind of his origins and how, you know, smarter humans came along and it became much harder for for him and his people because the smarter yeah. people weren't bad, mad, bad to them necessarily. They just got better at hunting because they had tools and because they had tactics. Right. Technology. And, and things like that, yeah. Um, yeah. And he ends up frozen in ice like Captain America, right? Which I'll, I'm going to be no, I'm gonna be honest, I had no idea this was his backstory. <laughs> this well, is... I think Java's kind of a new character. Is he? I feel like he's... Yeah, because I feel like he's based on on the one from Teen Titans. What was his name? Uh, no, Mammoth. Mark? Oh, Mark. No. Mammoth was the, the, the villain. villain. You remember yeah. in Titans Hunt? And, and the oh, yeah, issues? yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Caveboy. Um, so... Yeah. Yeah. No, I just... It's interesting. It's interesting that he's got this, 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 this hefty backstory. Um, but he got smart. Basically, scientists made him smart. And... It's basically just a sort of setup for why he has this motivation to become the smartest and become the Doctor Dread yeah. of the world because he wants to like be smarter than everyone else and manipulate everyone because now he's got the upper hand. Now he's the one who's ahead of the curve. Um, yeah. It was pretty simple. This is probably my least favorite of the of the, yeah. the stories. Yeah, I uh, I wanted to like it more because of the caveman stuff, but I, I did like the story. But it was like it was very tropey. In mm. that, like, oh yeah, well, natural selection came, put pressures on the Neanderthal, and they couldn't survive. So, yeah, it just it felt like one of those things. Okay, we need to fill this up so it was an annual. So here's here's yeah. a story that didn't really need to be told, but it, it, it's just okay. Uh, the final story, which is the uh, the Shainer in uh, James Asmus story. Uh, that that is uh, again tied into what's going on in the book. This was the story of Tom Strong and how he ended up on that celestial being and left that message. And again, it feels kind of. Like it's, I mean, again, I think the first story is the best one because it is this just standalone fun story. Yeah, this, this one. This... this one's fun. It looks good. The art's good, and uh, yeah, the art's really good. I just the story it got up in some techno babble. It's a, lot, it's a lot of techno babble, and ultimately it's like, well, we didn't really need to know much of this. It's fine. <laughs> it's, it's kind of where it left us. Like, he fought that big titan that they ended up in, mm-hmm. in the first arc of Terrifics, and it showed how he left his communication device. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of like, okay, well, I don't think anybody asked. Yeah, it, um, it, it almost treated it like it was a plot hole that people were complaining about and had yeah. to be explained, but no one actually cared or ever cared. You know, no. why did they leave the beacon on if he was gone and he was okay? No one even really thought about it, but no. it was answered. So, here, here it is. Yeah. So, I just pulled up Java, and yeah, he's been around since 65. He's a new so, character. Matt, shame on yeah. you. Shame, shame on me. He did become the Shaggy Man for a minute. Oh, so okay. That's cool. That. Huh. But... 
But yeah, he's always been a thorn in the side of Metamorpho just because he has a thing uh, for Sapphire Stag. Um, but yeah. Um, okay. Now, yeah. I, I like the first story a lot. I thought it was good fun. It's exactly why I like the Terrifics. It's exactly the sort of stuff that Lemire does. Yeah. And then uh, the art in all three stories was pretty good. Uh, and I, but the two backups I felt were fine enough for what they were. I especially like the art and the 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 Shane or you know Tom Strong story. But they felt kind of like oh we don't really need these. They're just kind of these superfluous like it it, it kind of felt like that thing where you get these little pre- it's, it's it's like a prequel that don't, doesn't need to be a prequel. It doesn't need to exist. Yeah. It's just kind of there to fill in something that didn't need to be filled in. So it feels a little bit like okay this is nice enough. But like like when Lost decided that they needed a, a an endpoint. You know, when we got those those episodes about Jack's tattoos. Oh, yes. That, yeah. That's what this kind of felt like. It was like, well, we didn't need it, but thanks, I guess. They're okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I sometimes I just have this feeling where you'll, you'll just clear the main story and then you'll have the, the backups that are there to make it up to the page count. And yeah. it felt like, oh, we have to fill this page because someone come up with a story as opposed to, oh, I've got a good idea for a story. Let's Which put a backup in. I, I much rather would have had a Plastic Man versus Metamorpho kind of story where they're you know, messing with each other in Stag, in the building or whatnot. I would you have, know, like... Something... I would have taken a story about them picking their Halloween costumes and just... Yeah. That's all it is. Do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know, that first story was alone was worth it, I feel. I, I think that's maybe what hurts the other two stories as well a little bit, is that the Terrifics themselves aren't in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, that's okay. It's, that's not the end of the world. You can have something focusing on a side yeah. character or a villain, but... It's just like, ah, you know, I'm here for the, the four of them, and they're, they're, they're so fun. But, hey, uh, not, not bad, though, uh, by any means. Uh, so what are we going to rate the Terrifics annual? Uh, so I wanted to give it a high mark because of that first story, but the other two kind of drag it down. Hmm. Then the art drags it back up. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, so I'm going to give it a seven. Um, but it, it, I wanted to go higher, but I, those two stories you really can't. Okay. Um... I'll go 7.5, I think. Um, again, the first story is definitely the best one. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I, I think if I was rating them individually, it'd be like a, an 8 and then like a, a, a 6 and a 6.5 or something like that. But yeah. I'm, I'm rounding it down to overall a 7.5. Uh, so that takes out to Batman Secret Files issue one, which I read. You started reading, but didn't finish. You read like yeah. one story, and <laughs> I read. I read the first. I read the Tom King story. I got halfway through the second one and went, "Okay, I'll read this later." And then when it came time to record, I rather read the Yogi Deathstroke crossover. Yes, so, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. Uh, so this is an anthology book. So it's all short stories, um, mm-hmm. and some some notable creators. I'll say them as I'm going here. Not all the title pages at the start of the bookstore, so I may have to wait till the end of the story to tell you. Yeah. Uh, the first one, though, is Tom King and Mikkel Janin, so obviously the art is gorgeous. And Fantastic. this is a simple little story about Superman. He found in the Phantom Zone some platinum kryptonite. And platinum kryptonite will give a human Superman's powers. It'll give them Kryptonian geology, I guess. <laughs> Right, uh, which used to be the silver kryptonite. Genealogy, I said geology, it's not geology. Yeah. Genealogy. Um, and he leaves it for him. Batman doesn't take it right away, he just has to touch it. And he, he has this sort of brief kind of flash of what might happen if he has heat vision. And he's, he's, he's got the Joker, and Joker's got like a hostage at gunpoint, and Batman's eyes light up, like heat vision style. 
and he he squeezes his, his hands so tight that he 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 hurts his knuckles, um, and it's this pain of. Uh, it's basically the question of like, is he enough on his own, and should he take the power if it's offered? Uh, is kind of thing. It's just it's, po- okay. it's not even answering it. It's just just posing that question. So I didn't even take that part into account. I thought this was kind of more of a what if, like even the Superman finding the the silver krypton or the platinum kryptonite. It makes so much more sense now that that was a thought in his head and him squeezing his hand. Oh sure, wow. yeah. Because <laughs> it's it's all yeah. tinted red, so it's it's not like it's uh yeah it's clearly made uh, different. See, I thought that was a hand like a, a jump forward, you know. All right, no, I I thought yeah. that was him considering um, what would happen if uh. No, if, I I think yeah. you're right. It yeah. Completely changed how I read it because this kind of story kind of made me upset. I was like, why why are you introducing platinum kryptonite? Like this feels just like a throwaway story, like. A what if, and then I I got to the next story. I was like, oh, that's exactly what it is. But no, this fits into the overall can't like the overall King Batman story. Yeah, because the, the last thing he says to Alfred after he, he drops am the, I enough? the cup, I, I, you know, Alfred, am I enough? It's just that it's that existential dread that he's no matter how hard he uh. tries, he's never going to be enough. Um, and you could even argue that the Superman giving him the kryptonite itself is even not real. Like it's just a thought he's having. Yeah. Um, I don't think it is. I think it is there, but like you could argue that, and it's just him thinking about: could I do more with Superman's powers? But at the same time, is it dangerous? Like, could I handle those powers? Am I as good as Clark? Can I actually deal with the temptation to use them in a in, a, in the right way? So, no. I mean, it's really simple. It's like three pages, four pages, maybe. Yeah. Three. Art looks really good. Three pages, yeah. Uh, that's really good. Poses a really simple question. Uh, and, and that's it so it's a, it's a little three page story um, next up we've got The Nature of Fear which is Ram V is the writer and we have Jorge Fornes as the artist and this just is a... show you how my stupid brain works I read that as Ram 5 not V because <laughs> for whatever reason my dumb brain thought it was a Roman maybe, yeah, maybe he's given himself like a cool hip name it's like he's changed his name maybe. to Ram 5 but I don't, I don't know, know but Ram V Ram 5 ah oh, jeez so, this is a story of a police officer who was in a, an incident involving Scarecrow and was gassed by Scarecrow, and he's in therapy, uh, and it's like a post-interview, and he's mm-hmm. telling the, the, the doctor the story of what happened, and how he went to this this routine kind of disturbance call, it turned out it wasn't just that, it was Scarecrow, and it's this story about how he was, he was hit with the fear gas, and he, he, he describes like someone dropping in from the roof, and it's Batman, but most of the art in this book, every so often we'll see what he really looks like, and it's really Batman, but most of it's from the POV of the guy with the fear gas, so it's like a big, giant, horrific-looking bat. Um, it's this idea... Very that... reminiscent of, uh, of of what the Scarecrow saw in Batman Begins. Kind of, yeah. yeah. But this is like, this is almost man-bat-esque-looking like a... yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, like a bat-demon. So, and he's pulling him out, and he's basically rescuing this cop, and he's telling the cop, don't, don't imagine there's hope at the end of the tunnel because that's how fear gets you. You just have to accept that it's always going to be bad and it's always going to be scary and you just have to cope with it. Um, and there's like a, a noise from the next room for when he's getting interviewed or when he's, yeah, in, in the, the hospital. And the twist is, is that it's really him next door and he actually is still in his own head and he's still terrified. And the, he's not scared of Scarecrow anymore, but the fear's still there. Um, and... Is 
I, I kind of liked reading this one. I, I liked uh, kind of the overall theme of it. Um, I'm not sure if the final point kind of lands home for me that well. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's saying that Batman, because he also deals in fear, he couldn't help this person get over fear. And therefore, he is now, you know, the, the gas is still working, so he's, he's terrified mm-hmm. of Batman now instead. Um, or is it just this idea that he's so terrified that the you know Batman, the hero who they all look up to, if they're looking up to him and he deals in this dark place, then then there truly is no hope and we're all screwed. Um, which he kind of says at one point, but I'm not sure exactly what it, what it's saying at the end. I'm a little conflicted upon the message. Yeah, that I, sounds. I do think it's relatively well told though, and it's got a good little atmosphere uh, as it's as it's going through its story. So, and I like the art as well. Actually, the art's very. Uh, uh, it's almost mm-hmm. uh, Lark looking at times, the way the guy draws the... Sometimes, the, yeah, the, the coloring's a little bit different than Lark. That's true, though. yeah. So it doesn't feel just like Lark, but yeah, from what I flipped through, the the art was pretty decent. Yeah. Because uh, that, that, that demon bat looks cool. Like, that's a great design. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, well, the, twist, bat, is, the I twist is basically the fear gas has still got him. He's not over it. He's still... Right. This is the tragedy of going through this. Um, so then we have uh, the next story, the title page at the end, so bear with me. This is a story about uh, a Wayne Tech drone that has been bought by a villain, because uh, Batman goes to a crime scene with uh, Gordon, and s- some gangsters have been all been shot dead, and they're trying to look for the killer, and Batman finds this witness, and she says it was a machine, a machine with a Wayne Enterprises logo on it. And he goes to confront Lucius. And I, I wasn't a big fan of this story. I thought this was kind of weird, this one. Uh, mainly because I thought the confrontation with Lucius was kind of hostile between both of them. It was like they were arguing okay. about uh, like like how culpable Lucius is in all this and what he should be doing. And it just, I don't know, it felt kind of off to me and I didn't really appreciate it. But they basically, they, they shut down the drone um remotely basically they have a back door into it before it gets to the witness who is going to kill for for being a witness um and that's basically the whole story um i'll say the art made lucius uh he looked kind of like a gus fring from from better call Saul and breaking bad in one of the panels and it really it's not a bad take stuck out to me and that was sure he can't always be morgan freeman of course of course not uh yeah this was cheryl and eaton writing and elena casagrande on the art uh so uh, yeah, I wasn't a bit, wasn't fond of this one. This one was kind of murky to me, uh, and the Batman's okay. dialogue was a bit overwritten. Like when he was interviewing the witness, it was kind of gotcha. a bit much. And, and who wrote this one? Uh, this was Cheryl Lynn Eaton. I'm not sure who that okay. is. I've never, never really heard gotcha. of her. Yeah. Um, the next story is Batman, and he's he's heard that there's a monster attacking up in the the the, the mountains uh, in Gotham. So up, it's up in the snowy landscape. So it's Batman in a cabin up in the snow. And he's going hunting for this monster, and he thinks it's maybe Man Bat. There's been like, rough reports of a monster attacking people. He doesn't know who it is. He thinks it's Man Bat, so he's there on his own. So here's here's the weird thing, though. I actually really like the setting of this story, and I like the idea of him being up in this cabin on his own, like hunting. He he's got like a bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. It's very you know very yeah. Oliver Queen almost, and but he has some weird narration early on that really kind of threw me for a loop. He says, "Is uh, let me just read the exact dialogue." He's like, something covered in here, something remarkably large, blah, blah, blah. I can handle large, but what I can't handle is how damn lonely it is up here. Alfred says I could use some alone time. Truth is, I'm not a fan of it myself. 
Batman's not that's a fan not of Batman, being. That's an imposter. Yeah, Batman's not a fan of being alone. What? <laughs> what? It's like his thing. <laughs> Batman loves being alone. <sighs> he's a loner, uh, and he's got like a he's got like a non kill. He's got like a ski mask that doesn't have a kill, but he's got the rest of the bat suit on. It's kind of weird uh, when he's out in the snow. Like, like I could see Oliver Queen saying that, right? Because he's always yeah. surrounded by people. But Batman, that's just a false statement <laughs> because. That dude loves to be in the back cave by himself. Like he gets mad when Alfred bothers him. <sighs> What's I mean, you can argue that this is more of an existential thing, and it's just what he really feels, even though he always lets on that he's he's happy being alone. But basically, there's never actually a monster. Like he he hears creaks in the night. He he he's, you know he, he thinks he sees things. He shoots at something at one point with his bow and arrow, and it ends up in a deer. Um, and yeah, it just kind of ends there. Uh, what's weird is uh, Jordi Belair wrote this, and yeah, who's usually a uh, writer or yeah. an uh, artist. That's both. She she does both. But um, yeah, okay. yeah I wasn't I wasn't feeling this one as much as I thought I would. But because when it started, I thought, oh, this is cool. It's a snowy set, and he's in a wo- in the woods on his own, hunting a beast. Like this could be a, something. I wasn't feeling it. Uh, Jill Thompson did the art, uh, and that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't see you, but you can see me. I hope it's enough. Um, and so huh. I, I think this is supposed to be more uh, symbolic than it is an actual story but I'm not quite grasping I just I like the idea of Batman versus Bigfoot <laughs> yeah yeah I, I think it's maybe about Batman's anxiety and about his fears and um I don't know, but I'm, I, it, it never quite clicked for me either. It was kind of a shame because I thought, yeah. Yeah, and again, it's just weird because I, I would expect better from Belair. It was just right away, it just threw me for a loop. Like, Batman's not a fan of being on his own. What? Weird. Um, yeah. I, I'm open to interpretations, though. If someone in the comments wants to give me a bit of an analysis on this one and tell me what I'm missing, mm. by all means, go for it. Um, next up, we have the story uh, involving Detective Chimp, where Detective Chimp is in Gotham. Uh, with Batman because he wants Batman's help because the the man who freed him you know the man who freed him from the cage and even ref gives a little editor's note saying Dark Knight's Metal Rising Wild Hunt issue one, um, yeah. his son has uh, fallen in with a bad crowd in Gotham, and he's traced it back. They do a bit of digging and it seems that someone's given him a gun. He's part of a group now and it seems to be that he's a Riddler henchman. So Batman's given him a help and Detective Chimp is kind of like wait, why don't you want to go together? Because Batman says, I'll meet me at this corner later. He's like, why don't? Why not go together? You, you, you embarrassed to be seen with me. You know, he says that. Um, and he assumes he's been underestimated, uh, but they go track down Riddler. And basically, Detective Chimp almost treats Batman here like he's kind of the the unsympathetic cop because Detective Chimp, you know, chases down the, the kid and the kid, in fear, not realizing what he's doing, actually uses the gun and shoots Detective Chimp. Chimp goes down, and oh, no. he tells the kid to run because because the kid immediately is apologetic. He's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to," and he's right. like, kind of horrified at what he did, and he drops the gun, and Chimp tells him to leave. Um, and he says, you know, much like that, his dad said to Chimp, "You don't belong in a cage," and he tries to tell say to Batman, "Um, don't worry, he's gone. I'm not hurt." And he gets up, and he's clearly hurt. The art like shows that he is in pain, and he's bleeding as he stands mm-hmm. up. Um, 
and you know he says the kid was trapped on a path this is his chance to step off of it he lost his dad to violence anything you can relate to you know obviously batman does um, right and batman says i never underestimated you and i'm not embarrassed to be seen with you and he almost cracks a joke he's like come on i know you're not hurt but let's just go to the hospital anyway <laughs> he's like yeah yeah i'm going to bleed in your car though he's like yeah many have bled before many will bleed again it's fine uh, so it's actually a really sweet story where Batman's being Batman. He's like, no, he's a criminal now. If he hurts anyone with that gun, then he's one of the criminals. And you know, my, my wars right. against criminals. And Chimp's like, no, no, he's not lost yet. He, he, you know, he's made a bad turn, but he can still be saved. And he kind of convinces Batman by that end, and he does it through this immense pain. He does it through this act of selflessness, where he, you know, he, 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 he insists that he's not hurt, even though he's been shot. Um, and it's right. this struggle, and it's something Batman actually understands and recognizes, and and realizes that he's right, um, and respects that Chimp is going to the lens that he has to make sure that Batman doesn't do the wrong thing here and doesn't uh, overly prosecute him for what he's what he's done. Uh, hmm. That he, maybe he has learned his lesson. So that that was by Tom Taylor, uh, an art by Brad Walker. Uh, I thought Brad Walker's art was a little bit. Uh, i thought his chimp looks great his batman looks kind of weird though uh at times his, his his batman's head just looks kind of fat in places which i thought was a bit weird okay um but uh chimp looks pretty good like i say the chimp chimp getting up when he was been shot and stuff look, did look pretty good and expressive but batman looked a bit iffy um interestingly jordi belair did the coloring on this one <laughs> there you go there's that name popping up again um yeah. But yeah, Tom Taylor's a fantastic writer, and he uh, does not do... I mean, I know he does Injustice, but in terms of mainline DC stuff, he doesn't do much. So it's nice to get a little tease of a Batman book from him here. I am hoping he will do a, a full-time DC ongoing in the future. Marvel are keeping him busy, though. They are. Yeah. Man, I remember when Tom Taylor was only writing uh, Earth 2, and I think Injustice. So he was just dealing with alternate worlds yeah. of DC. Uh, so. the the dude needs to get a bigger profile work at DC. He obviously he's got he's got X Men Red. He's got a new Spider Man book coming. So he's there's plenty of Tom King to enjoy. But um, be being a DC guy, I want him on DC stuff. Uh, but I think what I liked about that story though, that was the last one of the book by the way. Uh, I liked yeah. that um, it kind of you know it it made Batman kind of be the villain, not in a bad way, but it it was no, kind of he's the antagonist. Yeah, you know. Um. But From Batman realizes that he has been the antagonist, and I, I kind of like that. Kind of flipped on its head at the right. end. Um, had a nice little little message about rehabilitation, and um, it's funny. The, the this week's episode of Black Lightning kind of had a, a scene, kind of not not. It wasn't told in the same way, but it made the same point. Um, and I thought that was just, okay. just an interesting little thematic touch. But no, um, if I'm reading the book, it's kind of a weird book. You know, anthology books are always kind of weird to to rate mm-hmm. and kind of consider. But I like the Tom King story. I like the Tom Taylor story. And I liked the, the Scarecrow one. Uh, wasn't feeling the the other two, though, um, as much. Yeah. But three out of five ain't bad. <laughs> no, not bad at all. Three out of five ain't bad. Uh, probably a seven overall, I'd say. It's, just, it's got a couple of weak stories. Uh, even the Scarecrow one I liked, I was a little murky on maybe the final point a little bit. Um but yeah, if people want to give me interpretations of the the Belair one, though, if I'm missing kind of the, the point of that story, by all means, yeah, uh, I want to I want to go back and read that one now, just mainly because of Batman and Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so that is that's that. Is that. Uh, that does take us on to Deathstroke Yogi Bear special issue one. <laughs> yeah, buddy. 
GM Dematis on the art. Uh, oh, sorry, writing along with Frank Thierry, and then art is by Tom Mandrake and Mark Texeria. I assume that's two different stories, though. That's all. You have one team. Yeah, on one there, there's one I didn't read the backup. That's you didn't read the, the backup. first part. Who did the main yeah. story then? Who was the the, the writer uh, and artist on that? That was let me pull it up. I want to say it was Frank Thierry. Cool. Because that's a name I remember. I remember standing up. But let me let me go back. Kelly Nair. Yeah, Frank Thierry, Mark Teixeira, the artist. Cool. Um, yeah, but so just it's basically Yogi doing what he does, stealing picnic baskets in Jellystone. He gets chased by Ranger, uh, by the park ranger, and uh, he ends up ducking behind the secret waterfall, and Boo Boo's there. And he turns around, and Boo Boo's gone. So he's like, okay, well, well this is weird. That's uh, true. <laughs> someone, no. So... It shifts to this to this western bar, and there's these Hanna Barbera characters there. Um, they are dastardly, and where's the other brother? Um, where's that? Is he shooting? Oh, dastardly Dalton and Dirty Dalton, and they're arguing who's a better shot: Quick Draw McGraw or Ricochet Rabbit. And so they're they're treating them like these characters are real. Like, and then Destro comes, he's like, well, clearly you guys are both dumb because Quick, quick Draw McGraw's a horse and horses have hooves, so he can't even pull a trigger. So it, it just, there's a weird setup in all of this. Like the Hanna-Barbera characters are real, but not in that way of the Batman Elmer Fudd where they're, you know, humanized versions. Mm. Uh, because we see Yogi, who looks like a, a, a grizzly bear, you know, wearing a hat and, and a necktie. Um... So he ends up taking out these two um, brothers because he, there's a there's a contract on them, but they're worth more alive than dead. So he takes it easy. He ends up fighting their bigger brother, Dinkin, uh, Dinky Dalton, um, who has to kick down with a, a nut shot because as Deathstroke's always, you know, always been told, the bigger they are, the harder you have to kick them in the junk um, or kick them in the groin, he says. So in that at the end of that scene... Uh, Yogi comes up and kind of sneaks up on him, and it looks a little bit more sinister. But he's like, hey, I heard you're the best at finding people. I need to find my best buddy. Um, I'll pay you. So they end up going to Jellystone. You get this really fun image of Deathstroke in full Deathstroke gear on a motorcycle with Yogi holding onto him in the back. So it's basically it becomes a cartoon from here on out where you find out that Deathstroke's taking out everybody from King Shark to Jabberjaw, Killer Croc to Wally Gator, Gorilla Grodd to Grape Ape, right? So they're, they're playing with it here. Um, they end up in Jellystone and this <laughs> Yogi tells them like, you gotta be careful. All the animals here are, they've changed. So I know you're the best, but they've become more dangerous. And as soon as he says that, this rabbit jumps onto Deathstroke's face and Deathstroke has to kill him because it's this rabbit. And Yogi's like, oh no, that was my neighbor Fred. What'd you do? He's like, well, he was attacking me. And he's like, that's what I mean. They've become more dangerous like. And they go and inspect the dead body and this rabbit has fangs and claws. So something strange is afoot in Jellystone. So they, they pull up to the lodge and all the animals look sinister. You know, there's 
uh, eagles that have even longer claws and beaks and and deer with fangs and and whatnot. And they're just, they're attacking all the humans Hitchcock style. And Dustro ends up saving Ranger Smith, um, and they all team up to find out what's going on. They go to the last place Yogi saw Boo Boo, uh, which is Yogi's secret hideout where he hides from Ranger Smith. Ranger Smith's upset because he's like, oh, he has were under my nose the whole time. Um, and they end up going down this ladder uh, in the secret base, and it ends up that it's Hive that's been changing all these animals. So Deathstroke ends up taking them all out. You come to find out that it's these Hanna-Barbera Hanna characters are all being taken to be changed into these terrible, violent creatures, and that it is the um, creepily uh family from old Hanna Barbera cartoons. So I don't know if you are familiar with Hanna Barbera at all, but there was a series called Laugh Olympics. And that's who these characters were based off of, off of the Really Rotten's team. I had to look them up because mm. like they seem familiar, but I couldn't remember for what from. But their name were are weirdly creepily in Creepella. Uh and they're these, you know, goth looking vampire kind of characters. Um, and they're changing the characters for Hive. Um, they end up being let out by Yogi. Yogi pretends to faint and hits the release. So they all come out and take them out. Um, Deathstroke, of course, finishes the contract because he helped Yogi out. Yogi pays him in picnic baskets, <laughs> of course. So he comes out, um, and there's this stack of picnic baskets that gets delivered. Uh, and you come to find out that the Creepleys didn't die um, and that they're going to continue their experiments, but they set it up under the Laugh Olympics. So at the end, they're injecting all the people with free vitamin shots or all the people, all the characters, and it seems like it to be continued. So it was this really zany, crazy, fun story of Yogi teaming up with Deathstroke, which you don't think make a good team. Mm. But it was surprisingly more violent than I thought it was going to be. You know, with um, the Creepleys have this pet octopus that <laughs> that Deathstroke ends up chopping all the limbs off of and using his weapons. So, so yeah. Um, it's quite weird. I'm glad I read it, though, because it was a lot of fun. I like what they're doing with the Hanna-Barbera. Like, this one, like, where where's the, the Booster Gold Flintstones one, which I think was the last one I read, mm. was, like... There was some ex existentialism in that one. This one is just straight up like, hey, we're going to throw Deathstroke into the Hanna-Barbera world and see how how they match. So, yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I I think I saw like maybe two episodes of Yogi Bears growing up, so I, I have gotcha. no attachment to, to the Yogi character. Yogi was always one of my favorites. So my wife came up to me. She's like, well, what do you have left to read? And I was like, Yogi Bear and Deathstroke. She goes... Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you know I love Yogi Bear. She's like, no, I know. Um, but him, even she knew him teaming up with Deathstroke was weird. Because yeah. she only knows Deathstroke from the end of the Justice League movie. And then <laughs> from, from him yelling Shadow on Arrow. So it just doesn't make sense to her. Shadow! Uh, yeah. Um, All well, right. But yeah. So what will you give it up? What you're rating? It was really rough in patches, uh, and the story was just silly, but out of nostalgia, um, it was fun, but I can't give it anything higher than a six, because it's, you know, just kind of there. I'm glad that they're doing these, though, because it gives, you know, 
uh, it gives creators a chance to stretch and just be goofy without yeah. having to bring no. others. But yeah. That's cool. Uh, I haven't read any of the, the specials this time. Um, yeah. Nothing was sticking out to me quite as much. Although I know Connor was had his eye on Superman Top Cat, but um, yeah. But hey, so no. Uh, so one final bit to talk about this week. Not a new book, but um, uh, one of the perks we have at Patreon.com/slash/MailFuzzTV is the the punishment uh, picks for me and Connor where uh, one of the higher tiers you can make us read a book once per month. And the book that I am forced to read right now is Hawk and Dove from the New 52. This is issue 5 of said series. Sterling gets right and Rob Layfield on the art. And if you recall from issue 4, uh, Condor and... Uh... Swan. Swan. Thank you. <laughs> I hate that I know that. Yes, yes, thank you. Uh, they they kidnapped Dead Man. They kidnapped Dead Man. That was kind of the big ruse. And we find out in this one that they the kidnapped Dead Man because his connection with their crystal will open a realm to the magic world, uh, the, the the other dimension, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so they go in there. And the bulk of the issue is, is Hawk and Dove kind of tracking down. They, they, they got some information that leads to a, a demon named, uh, it, I think it's Gob, but I read it as Job because of Arrested Development. Um, He's made a huge mistake. He made a huge mistake. So they're chasing this guy down uh, for information, and then he eventually tells them where they're, where they're to go uh, and where to access this magic world. So fine and well. Uh, I want to mention, obviously, I mean, Rob Liefeld's art's not, not that great, but... I do want to mention one particular thing here. Well, two things. I want to mention that there was a... I think, because I'm reading this digitally, there was a, a page that was like a weird shape, and it took me a second to realise what it probably was. I think it was a double-page spread that was vertical, where you had to... If you were reading it physically, you'd have to turn it. And, oh, okay. Right? Because I got to a page where the shape changed a little bit, but it was like filling up the entire screen almost. I was like what is this weird shape? And I was like, oh, it's like a double page spread where you turn it sideways if you were reading it physically. Um, so that was kind of weird. But it was, it was cool. It's not, it's not a complaint. It's just an observation. That, I, I don't think I'd ever yeah. encountered that digitally before. Um, and then the other thing, though, which is a complaint, a very big complaint, is at one point, uh, Hawk is like, hey, Dove, before we get to save your, your boyfriend there, can we like talk, just me and you, out of costume, just, you know, as regular people? And she's like, okay. So they turn it the regular like civilian clothes, mm-hmm. and not that it's tasteful any of the other time, but you know that, that that trope that you know bad artists when they're sexualizing female characters, though it looks like their shirt or whatever is just painted on rather than actually yep. being a shirt. Um, this is one of the most egregious examples this I've ever seen. Uh, Don's boobs are like so round and they have it's like the shirt is tucking underneath the boobs and there's like shadow from the boobs on the on our like that's not how a shirt works no not at all shirts don't tuck underneath and like it just looks so bad and just but it's one of those things where it's also like oh like i feel i feel weird even looking at this like i feel like some sort of grotty asshole it's just Oh no! Yeah. Uh, it's, it's it's just really bad. It just it really. It, I mean, not that the rest of the art was good, but it just that that particular moment was especially egregious and just took me out of the moment. And I was like, ah, oh, come on. No, uh, terrible. But basically, Hawks like, hey, maybe you should split up with that that dead man because he was kind of how they found us in the first place. He's kind of dangerous. We have no idea what it could mean. 
and Dove gets really upset. In fact, one of the plot points is that when they're interrogating the demon dude, she actually is the one who goes who goes all bad cop, and you know Hawk's, Hawk's like, "I'm the bad cop usually. You're, you're not supposed to be like that." Um, right. But they eventually get to the, the magic door, and they go into and they find uh, uh, Condor and, and Swan. However, there's a hint earlier on where they're walking when Condor and Swan are first walking through the magic door with Dead Man after he opens it, where. Connor says, you know, I will be the most powerful or something like that. And she says, you mean we, right? And then when, when later on, when Hawk and Dove come through the door, uh, Swan's dead. Con- Condor's killed her and taken her power like Jet Li in the one. And he... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Dead Man's looking not great either, but you know, he's already dead anyway. So basically, he can feed off dead people's like power. And he's going to want to do this to Hawk and Dove as well. But he now no longer looks like just Hawk with different colours. He actually looks like a... Kind of like how in the, the Batman story in the anthology was... Uh, he looks like a giant bat. Now he looks like a giant condor. But he's speaking oh, and stuff. Um, so they fight and... Hawk gets knocked down. Dove's kind of get kind of you know, pissed, obviously, in fighting. And then she wins the fight because... And it's a shame Connor's not here for this because he would get this reference... It reminded me of something from the end of a movie called God Told Me To. Uh, and I will describe it as such. She has a vagina stomach of light that blasts uh, Condor in the face and it's so powerful that he can't contain it and he begs for mercy. Um, what? So, if you remember, the last couple of issues, there was that fight between Spawn and Dove where... Dove, uh, like, had that power where the, where the light came out of her when she got stabbed, and it kind of right. beat it beat Swan, right? Um, and because she's like, oh, I, I guess Swan never told you how I beat her, and then she just kind of willingly opens up her, or like a cut in her stomach, and this the light comes out, and it's the idea that the Avatar of Peace, um, is as strong as they are because the behind Peace does all this conflict that the Peace has to make sure is always at bay. So that's this power that's coming out of her. I don't know. I'm explaining it the best I can. Do you know what? I'll get the actual dialogue. I want to, I don't want any mince words here. Yes, get, please don't. I'm going to get the actual dialogue here. This, is, this was it going off the deep end, though. This was this was the, the, the book Jumping the Shark, if it hadn't already. Uh, right, where are we? Where are we? Where's the, the stomach vagina of light? Right. It's coming out of her stomach. Yes. Uh... Yeah, because he, because I think uh, Condor slashes her on the stomach, and then that's when she goes, "Oh, I guess she never told you how, uh, how uh, you know, I won the fight." So here's the dialogue: "I'm the opposite of Hawk in some ways, Condor. I can be serene, focused, trying to keep the peace during bad situations. But if you back me into a corner, if you try to destroy me and the people I love, I'll take that fight back, big time, blah blah. blah. I don't need an avatar of war to tell me how to fight." There's been a battle raging inside me ever since I was given these powers. Only the Avatar of Peace can keep that in check. Uh, so, yeah. So, yeah, I guess the idea that, that there's this war inside her that she's always keeping at peace, and that's the light that she's erupting to, to kill him. That's weird. That is weird. And then Dead Man gets up, he's back to ghost form, so she can't see him, but Dead man breaks up with her because he actually says basically what Hawk did earlier. Dove got really pissed at Hawk for suggesting that she break up with him, and right. Dead man basically says the same thing. Yeah, by the way, I I basically attracted them to you. We have no idea what our relationship could actually mean, so I think we should just call it quits. And then Dove's all upset, and it actually ends in a really weird panel 
where Dove's kind of crying and Hawk puts his, his hand around her and says, I understand why he did it, Don. Uh, don't mean any of us has to like it. Which feels weird coming from him because he was trying to talk her out of doing the same thing earlier on in the issue. It was kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, so we were, it was just—it felt anticlimactic to end in that panel. So that was basically the uh, the end of the first arc. It says next time Batman. So I don't know how Batman fits into the next issue, but maybe. maybe I'm sorry, you have to keep reading this. Maybe maybe he'll show up to try and deal with the 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 stomach vagina of light. <laughs> Oof, man. So I, I don't even know. I don't even know. Uh, but let's talk and dove issue five. It gets a stunning three out of ten. So, <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what I'll give it credit for though? Because all of the books this week uh, mm-hmm. were all big books; they're all annuals or, or longer issues. Because the two specials yeah. were longer as well. Um, I I got to this one last, and because it was a regular page count, it felt really short. So, yeah. it, and just by leaving this till after all the big, like you know, forty-page books, it was like, oh, this felt really short. It was like a nice surprise when it finished so early. I was like, oh, I'd gotten used to all these big books. <laughs> So that was that's nice. That's fantastic, though. That was nice. Uh, but that's actually the last book, so that'll take us on to the part of the show where we pick our favourite stuff of the week. We'd pick our favourite panel slash moment, our favourite art, our favourite cover, and our top five books of the week. So that's what we're going to do. So start with panel slash moment. Matt, what is your favourite of the week? So, man, I'm not a poem from Heroes in Crisis, but I really think that the moment that got me the most was from Drowned Earth, mm-hmm. where Superman's falling and Flash runs up and catches him at the last minute that was really solid that's so, great no, that's a good pick yeah. um no yeah no that's that's great i i i think i'll go with heroes and crisis i'm also going with a flash moment i think flash uh hearing wally's name and speeding off uh yeah is maybe because i think that's the first time that wally's death you know whether it sticks or not i think that's the first time where i felt the hit from it because barry yeah you know found out and it, it mattered to barry so it hit me uh, that yeah. you know, this is a thing. You know, at least right now in this story, Wally is dead, and that hurt. So I think that moment hit me because of that, and I'll give that to that. So, so Barry's emotion and reaction to that felt raw. Uh, so I'll go with that. Um, so best cover of the week. I need to have a look actually. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at them now, and it, it's it's very slim pickings this this week. Fewer books for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm just checking out a so, couple of variants here. Yeah. Right, no, not that one. Um, it's probably Heroes in Crisis, to be honest. Yeah. I have to. Either either cover are real good. I think it's Sook that's doing those, um, the, the photo covers. Yeah, yeah like that's the, pretty good. The weakest moments. Uh, uh, but I, I, I really do like that cover of Batman with Wonder Woman's lasso. Around his neck, but it's Harley's yeah. legs that are kind of up yeah. above him holding it. Yeah. No, it's just, it's just a really simple, nice cover. No, that's got my pick too. Um, all right, best art of the week then. Is it? Is it? Is it? Heroes of Crisis? Is it Clayman? It's got to be. It has yeah. to be. Yeah. I I really like Porter's art and John uh, Earth, but I still have to give it to Heroes in Crisis by a fair margin. Yep. Me too. So, no, simple, easy pickers. All right, top five books of the week, Matt, or top so, however many you read. Go. Yeah. So so Heroes in Crisis number one, John Earth two. Terrifics 3, Witching Hour 4, Deathstroke, Yogi 5. I wasn't expecting Heroes in Christ to be number one for you, because I think you rated that lower than yeah. uh, one or two of them. No, the, the highest I went was eight. And okay. that, that was that tied with John Earth. 
Okay, cool. Uh, I'm also going to Heroes in Crisis number one, and then go and Drowned Earth number two, and then Terrifics number three, and then I only let read five books. So yeah, I'm going to be seeing all of them. <laughs> I'll put yeah. Witching Hour at number four, and then Batman Secret Fails at number five. There you go. <laughs> Done. All five. Week fives are weird because there's less books. Um, yep. The top five means more when there was ten books because then there's like five that didn't make it. <laughs> yeah. But hey, right. uh, so I'll tell you what's coming next week then uh, coming next week uh, on the show we have the first issue of The Green Lantern uh, from Grant Morrison and Liam Sharp so that's your headliner yeah. next week uh, we have Batman 58, we have Justice League number 11 which is the next part of Drowned Earth we have not Nightwing 52 none of us are reading that, nope. I can guarantee Maybe you that much that's going to the, uh, the not red pile uh, yeah. We have Green Arrow 46, we have Adventures of Super Sons number 4, and we have Deathstroke 37. We actually have six books next week. Uh, so I'll say yeah. this right now, I think for next week we will ask for uh, some questions and we can we can mm. answer some questions. Did you say the sideways annual? Oh, is that next week as well now too? Yeah, that, that's up that. there too. Yeah, I got pushed. Right. Uh, still though, that's the only seven books, so I think all the same. Uh, next week we'll uh, get some questions on Twitter or in the YouTube comments, so... If you want to ask us a question uh, at DC Comics Podcast or ask us in the comments on the YouTubes uh, and we might pick your question next week for some, some extra discussion since it's a later week. I mean, this was a late week in terms of books, but there were bigger stories, so there's a lot to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's cool. Uh, also, next week I that see. we will not be covering is Suicide Squad Black Files Issue 1, Curse of Brimstone number 8, Harley Quinn 53, and The Unexpected number 6, which is one of those final issues of that, I think. Unexpected's not got a lot left. Yeah. Um, so someone told us actually that uh, Unexpected was cancelled in the comments a few episodes ago and I said that is the least that is the most expected thing about the Unexpected yep. <laughs> is that it's cancelled oh, they're just giving him like free reign to do whatever with these books because he has another one coming out too Electric Warriors that's in a couple of weeks yeah, yeah. Um, nah it's, it's weird um, but hey nah. I think Orlando has potential in him but he's had some really big flops yeah. for me but hey, so yeah, that's what's coming next week. So uh, yeah, send us, send us questions and we'll last. I mean, uh, Carl will be back. He'll, he'll have Red Hood as well to, to catch up on. So yeah, that'll be an interesting week next week. So um, that is us. That is, that is the show. Um, that's it. Which um, leads me to, yeah, yeah, I mentioned Patreon, patreon.com slash TV. Uh, you can support us and uh, feel warm and fuzzy and then save for as little as a dollar. The $5 tier, you get the bonus monthly episode with me and Connor. Um, the winner of the October vote was Swamp Thing by Alan Moore, Volume 1. Uh, we have both read that. Uh, it would have been recorded two days ago, but uh, then he got called into work <laughs> last minute. Uh, so as that, you do. That'll be the next few days sometime. We'll get to that and that'll go up for, for the patrons. Uh, but we've both read it, so that's coming very soon. So look forward to that. And uh, yeah, just look at the Patreon, at DC Comics Podcast does everything I think you can get me at Wibble89 you can get Matt at Matt of Steel 57 um, but that's us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep reading DC Comics guys and always remember to never get lost in the Speed Force